Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 55 of FPL Black Box. We've got a few questions, there's fixture postponements, there's a new free hit chip, but there's one big question which we're going to answer, which is, where's Mark? I'm back, aren't I? I'm back. He's back! Yeah, it's, it's, uh, oh, it's been a strange old time being away from it and uh, watching it as a viewer. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be back doing bits again. It's been a tough time for me. I've, my day jobs have absorbed a lot of my time and energy and it was the right call to probably back away from doing content apart from the old video with Andy on a Friday. Really missed doing this for you. It's been frustrating missing out. But to be fair, my FBL fortunes haven't been great over the last six or seven weeks. So actually it's been beautifully timed. It wasn't done on purpose. I didn't yeah, take a leave absent yeah, because I was doing yeah. badly. No, I haven't. But done I mean, a Granville mark. No, it wasn't that. It was just, um, and, it, and also it's convenient that I've come off the back of a couple of green arrows and got back to roughly where I was when I left. I think I was 240k in episode 11. Yeah, nothing's changed. I was I like 9k. You were like 240. <laughs> We've just looked, right? And you, yeah, you've gone up by like 1.5k and I've gone down by about 13k since we since we were last together on Black Box. So not a lot has changed, does it? But so much has changed, right? It has indeed. Although when you say that, I mean, we, we uh, chatted for the first time in ages just before, you know, doing our little pre-stream talk and we got into an argument about the free hit within about a minute of talking. So yeah, has, any, has well, anything that, changed? That hasn't changed. No, we're still, we're still <laughs> going to, uh, we're still going to, I mean, I, I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact that I might have changed my mind in the last hour or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a dramatic day, hasn't it? For you though, you've, you're like some kind of media mogul. You've done like the podcast this morning, official show <laughs> afternoon. Straight onto black box, right? Crazy. Well, the, the the podcast is now pretty much redundant because the news of the uh, of the yeah. football postponement came out after we finished recording. So got up at eight o'clock for that, and um, now there's still some there's still some bits hopefully that people can take from that. But yeah, then straight down to the FPL show. Did that with Jenny. Uh, that was fun. 
uh, poor old uh, Tom, the producer, had to rewrite everything because um, <laughs> the news came in so late. And then two hour journey back in the traffic, straight back into Black Box with you, glass of wine. Cheers. Well, it's the only way in it sometimes. Heavy, heavy on the content you have been this uh, today. So hopefully you've worked it all out then because you've had three goes at it. Right? This is your third go at looking at the situation. <laughs> I've been trying to grab some time around being with the kids today to have a look. I mean, that was a bombshell, wasn't it? The two postponements. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> I mean, I kind of, when the Premier League, you know, said the games are going to go ahead, I kind of forgot what was happening. Yeah. And I thought, oh, they're all just going to go ahead. It's going to be fine. Boxing Day is going to be full and it's going to be great and everything's, you know, fine. And then when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, there are still massive problems in the different camps and this was always very likely. So I got a bit too overexcited, I think, and it brought me back down to earth about what's going on in the world. Uh, I wasn't expecting it though. Um I mean, Leeds have got so many problems anyway that mm. it's not completely surprising. But then you see Everton, they, apparently they've had a, um, a request turned down and they've mm. got similar problems as well. So there's some really thin squads out there. Yeah, it is the squads that have, have, have obviously got a lack of depth. Leeds have had so many injuries anyway. Um, Watford squad's obviously not the biggest in terms of squad depth, in terms of Premier League experience. Everton's, we saw at Chelsea what team they had to put out, right? And they did well mm-hmm. to get a result. So there are teams that we think are vulnerable. And, you know, the, the two postponements today are down to Watford and Leeds, nothing to do with Liverpool or Wolves. So, you know, that's something to take forward, as in there are teams more vulnerable to postponement going, going forward. Um, yeah, for, for me, um, it, it, it's, it's, my hot take on it was, well, I'm just going to go Salah to Son and um, play the free hit in 22. But as we'll see later, I kind of like, oh, I'll just put a, I'll put a free hit team together for the show. <laughs> and I did that. I was like, oh, well, that's quite good, isn't it? And it's made me kind of sanity check whether or not that is the right move now. Um, I've done some tweets this afternoon to the effect of the path I was going to take. And I think you, you're veering towards that as well, as in free hitting in 22, right? Yeah, I mean, my, my big, when, when it first happened, I looked at my team and I thought, oh, I need to free hit this. Like that, that was the first thought I had because, mm. you know, I, when you see a team with like Ben Johnson and Livramento and all yeah. these guys in, you think, oh no, but if I can get 10 out with, a, with just one transfer, then I think I'll do that. Um, and I've got Ronaldo in place. So I think that's yeah. a different view, isn't it? Is that if you, is... you do Salah to Son, you haven't got Ronaldo, who's, who's the best captain yeah. this week. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's it, it's... Whereas with the free hit, I get that. I cover that. I could probably get Kane in, as, I saw, as you'll see as well. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. I mean, for you, I think, yeah, getting Son in probably covers it for you. You've probably got the two most popular mm. captains now that Salah's out of the equation. Um, but for me, it'd be different. Um, so, that yeah, we. Have, I mean, it's different perspectives. I mean, not only in terms of rank, but also where we are and with our team. So hopefully this will be useful to, to everyone out there. I've got to say, it's a shame. I haven't reached a conclusion what I'm doing yet. Maybe nobody has yet. And I think it's probably... What can I talk you into? I know, see what you can talk me into. But I guess at the moment, we can't make plans. Go. That's what I'm definitely doing because tomorrow, what we're talking about in the next two hours might be completely pointless because, and there's been another postponement. Don't say you that. Know, everything's, people to listen. Well, it's true. Like, there were obviously podcasts earlier in the week who didn't have the free hit information, then the postponements on top of that. It's a real shame. It's really, really tough at the moment creating content and reacting to that. We've got lucky because we've managed to go out just after both of those events. Um, what did you think of the free hit, by the way? I mean, I part of me thought, oh, they gave us the free hit because they knew these postponements were coming. But of course, they didn't because 
the free hit that they've given us doesn't come in until after game week 20 anyway. So mm. it doesn't really help with this week. So what was your reaction? Because there was a lot of, there was just a lot of split kind of feelings about it, wasn't there? Yeah, again, my, my first thought was, oh no, this this helps, you know, people who already use their free hit and, you know, they're getting another one. It's going to help the kind of casual players. Yeah. And then I just thought, actually, does it help them that much? I mean, it's, at the end of it, like, I want to get a good team out, like, each week and, and have something to look forward to. And the free hit means that if I've ever got a completely, in, like, injury or COVID ravaged team, I'll be able to at least compete and get a squad up having to take massive hits. And I think that is the ultimate aim of, the, you know, of the Premier League is to keep people engaged and to keep people happy. You don't want people to be looking at their teams and seeing three players and giving up with the game completely. So I can see why they've done it from a point of view. I can completely see why people, you know, who have kept on Ronaldo, kept on Ronaldo like me, for example, and now everyone's just going to be able to free hit and, and get him in. Like, I can see why it's a bit frustrating. But at the end of it, I think it's, it was the right thing to do because, you know, we've seen straight away that games have been called off and been postponed. And but people are going to need it. So they, they probably should have done it earlier, but I think they have done the right thing by, by bringing it in. And I think I'm probably in the minority with that view. I don't know. I mean, my, my take on it was that I didn't really have any plans anyway going into this period because it, it kind of, you've got to react day to day or almost day to hour, haven't you? As we've seen today with a postponement. Mm. So I, I, it wasn't like it was like, oh, I've done all that planning for nothing. Like, like some people were kind of saying, it's like, well, I, what plans had you done? Or what plans have you made that you felt that was going to be hold holding anyway? It's, it's. I was struggled to see somebody outrage about that. Um, I think, yeah, people who bought in Ronaldo particularly for this run, or were you know had made some transfers to set themselves up in some way, maybe to get Son in, or you know, have freed some cash up, or got cheaper players when they could have got more expensive players. I, I can understand why. That would it, that would annoy them, but I don't. You know, I didn't feel outraged by it, and I was a little bit surprised by some of the reaction. Yeah, to it. I, I think it, you know it's strange. It, yeah, I mean, it can it can obviously like work against you if the players that you you know you have in your team haven't got COVID, and then you know people you free hit to bring them in. But also, it means you can put a plan together, and then if you bring in three Spurs players, for example, and then another Spurs game gets called off, you don't necessarily have to take out all three of those Spurs players because they might be back for the next game, and then you can carry on with the plan. That you had before, so it can actually help you, even even with the the planning, the like, you to react to stuff. I think people just like a bit of a bit of drama, don't they? A bit of a yeah, I mean, a grievance I, over on Twitter. I think ironically, though, today's postponements have kind of played it back into the hands of those managers that consider themselves planners and seasoned managers. People, you know, people in the community, in the Twitter community, are probably actually quite pleased that these two no, games have been postponed. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, in the space of like twenty four hours, it's changed from oh, the casuals have got the advantage now to, oh, actually, they haven't now because they've just lost Salah and they're probably going to have to, well, they don't have, if they've played their first free hit, they don't have this new one, right, to play in 19. So it can't get them out of trouble with this. So I guess in a, and it's funny because Joshua was cheating, put a tweet up about, it's almost as if we get annoyed that we're not doing as well as players who manage teams in FBL who don't spend as much time as us. And of course, there is Mm. an element of that, isn't it? You don't, we don't like to think that, we're putting in the hours, other people aren't, and they're doing better than us. And obviously there's quite a few managers that are doing better than me this season that applies to. And it, that really it, rankles, doesn't it, with us? Yeah. It's, it's when you see a tweet from the Premier League saying, for just the low, low price of nineteen ninety nine, you can have an extra free hit to see you through these troubled times. That's when everyone can kick off. 
but giving everyone an extra free hit, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, I think we, we've already seen that it's, it's going to it's going to come in handy for some people this week who are down to six, seven players. Like it's just no fun like having that, and isn't you, you can't plan for it. It's just bad luck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's it's just strange though that the free hit arrives, and you can only play it in twenty. So any of any of those yeah. players who have already played, it's not going to help them, and they're probably going to think today, oh. There's been some postponements, but they, I got a free hit yesterday, so I can. Oh no, I can't. And and that's a, an unfortunate chain of events, isn't it? So, but, well, we'll yes. have to see. We'll have to see. We'll talk more about that and how we're going to use it. There was a lot of talk this week about chip strategy going into the double game weeks, and we're going to look at the work of a, a certain Ben Krellin, who has been very busy this week, hasn't he? I mean, you know, he's got some busy times ahead, hasn't he? Mm. He sure does, and a lot of people are relying on him now to give us the most up-to-date uh, information. So yeah, no, no pressure, Ben. Yeah, well, he, he does a great job and, he, and we've got some of his stuff that he's put out already that we're going to look at and talk more about our approach to 19, but also going ahead to double game week 22, which looks almost certain. Um, let's look back at our game weeks, though. I mean, I don't really want to look back too much because <laughs> I'm, I'm all about looking forward now. I don't really want to look back at all, but <laughs> we'll go back to your game week. Um, another quite incredible return you 67 points you've got to be pleased with um maybe it isn't the, the the grand total that's impressive it's just the fact that you've got martinelli in there with the 15 and you predicted on twitter that that would be the next bandwagon and lo and behold it is you've got to be absolutely delighted right he's not on the wall yet though is he he he's will be i think <laughs> it's just one of those it's his price really you know it's, if you if you get in a kind of a 9 10 million player and then they do well that's one thing but I mean, I'd love to say it was all just complete skill and I'm the greatest FPL manager of all time and I'm light years ahead, but I tell you, a hell of a lot of it comes down to luck because I just, I I was 0.1 off Foden, so I had to downgrade someone and I was looking at Ben Johnson to Brandon Williams or Mbomo to Martinelli. They were were pretty much my, my two options. Yeah, not much of a contest that low, is it really? I can see why he went the Martinelli route. So yeah, well, exactly. But uh, you know, it was it, I, I, it was the more exciting one was was the Martinelli Ooh. one. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was downgrading. You know, Mbomo who who had just scored that penalty, and you know, I, I kind of thought maybe this is his time to go on a bit of a run and, and stuff. Did it, was, you? It, it felt a little bit reluctant selling him. Um, right. I mean, it, it it certainly doesn't now. But yeah, it was it's it's just been ridiculous. I mean the 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 Southampton. I watched the Southampton game and I saw Martin. He was so direct, and with the Bamiyang out of out of the picture, mm. I just thought there's a there's a spot for him here. We we talked about him before on on, oh, on last Black season. Yeah. yeah, his last season, yeah. and it was it was interesting because a few weeks ago someone asked me why we keep in players who have only played you know 180 mm. minutes when other players have played lots, and the, this is the reason mm. because it it does give you some indication of players who if they do get a spell in the team. These are the ones that we can maybe consider. And it was thanks to the tables that we had that I I looked at Martinelli in a bit more detail. And that, conf- that you know, sort of along with the, the Southampton game that I watched made me think this could be, this could be a real option. Um, so yeah, I, I just, yeah, I mean, what, 23 points over two weeks is, is that is absolutely crazy. But yeah, it's definitely one of, I'll remember it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, do you want to go through your team? Uh, for those listening on the podcast, just um, yeah, and, and we'll talk more about an, another Arsenal player. <laughs> Don't that sound too <laughs> no, go on, go on, go for your team. Uh, Ramsdale in goal with two, uh, Trent with seven, James with six, and Cancelo with eighteen. So big at the back coming through again, like for so many people. Uh, Salah Blank, captain. Um, I was l- potentially looking at other options. The only other player I was really looking at, although, was Foden. 
which ironically would have meant a bigger score for me because I would have had Smith Rowe Vice who got six and I would have got those points rather than Salah's two. So mm. let's talk about fine margins there. Uh, Jota with seven, Martinelli coming in with 15. Uh, Jimenez I bought in as a bit of a, as a bit of a punt, mostly for this Watford game, which of course that is now well. off. Yeah. Yeah. That went well. <laughs> All this talk of planning, you see. Uh, and then uh, King. So I, I went into this game with, with 10. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the big stars, Cancelo obviously didn't, didn't have the balls to captain him like Luke uh, did. Um, and Smith Rowe off the bench, one shot on target. Yes. So Smith Rowe. second week in a row. Smith Rowe. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you have been flying since I've been away. Um, I've been a, a casual observer, shall we speak, of your, of your kind of game weeks. Um, you haven't gone up too much in terms of rank, but you have had some some big returns from people. Um, Rafina penalties, I, I thought was a rather um, fortunate run that you had there, particularly the one against Palace, which was agony for me. Oh, that was the, oh, one of the best. God. That was one of the best moments. Awful. I wish we'd been watching that game together oh, on a God. watch along. <laughs> I, 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 was, um, I was upstairs in the bedroom watching it um, and I would never really watch Leeds and Palace. I mean, Leeds up last season, I would have watched them all the time, but this season, they're actually quite difficult to watch at times because it's... Um, it's scrappy and sometimes suicidal. It wasn't a good game. Palace played well, fairly well in the first half. I was watching because I had Gaito in goal. Um, and <laughs> It's never nice, is it, when you watch a game just no, with a goalkeeper? Having said that, I was watching and the Leeds are never going to score here. This, this, is, this is in the bag. <laughs> and then like, and I was thinking with 10 minutes to go, I was thinking, well, the worst that could happen is if Leeds can see, Leeds score in the final few minutes and it's Rafinha's got something to do with it. And I was thinking that, as I was watching the minutes tick by going, but it can't, it's not going to happen. But it's three, four minutes to go. Then they won a penalty in stoppage time. And I thought, ah, oh, that's the clean sheet. And I didn't think, oh, Rafina's going to take it. And I was just like, ah, oh, never mind. Two points, I'll take it. It's not too bad. And then the camera switched to Rafina putting the ball as well. Oh, no. The, oh, the pain. Because I knew you had Rafina. So it was a swing between us of something. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. Oh, crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I just played football for the first time in over a year. Mm. And I'd got back and I was in the bath. I was absolutely ruined. I was just lying in the bath watching this game. And when uh, when Rafina took up, I was like, oh, that's good. It'll get rid of Mark's clean sheet. I thought it was Rodrigo because he was on the pitch, I think. Right. And I was like, oh, Rodrigo's just going to take this. And then I just saw the back of his shirt and I was like, that says Rafina. What's, what's he doing taking this? And it wasn't a good penalty. Oh, it was terrible. He, like, it, was just, <laughs> it was just here. Like, he could have saved it. He was oh, like, just had to extend God. his arms and he would have saved I know. it. I know, and I, it was that. It was I was so nervy watching it, and, and well, it, it should have been, yeah, yeah. And and it, I mean, it's the same with the Mbomo one as well. I mean, when he when he stepped up to take the penalty, I was like, oh no, like I, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I thought Equator saves uh, Rafina's penalty. You're never gonna let me forget that. But he scored, and yeah, and then Bomo scored. And, but his, then Rafina got one at Chelsea, well. and then he, I mean, he got one the other week, but you didn't have him. But but yeah, so he had a bit of fortune with Rafina, and then Smith Rowe. I mean ridiculous like he just seems he's got this knack hasn't he to just come off the bench when legs are tired and get that one opportunity and he's put it away like several times for you what a run you've had with him he's, he's been doing it all season his stats are awful but he's just got a knack of like you say being in the right place at the right time and players like his, his relationship with with Odegaard and in fact that whole front line you know of of Saka Smith-Rowe Odegaard Martinelli like they're mm. really really starting to gel and click now and we'll talk about Lacazette, I imagine, later, but his role in the team is basically just to get the most out of those yeah. younglings now. And he's yep. dropping back and creating space and all that. So it's amazing what Arteta's done there over the last kind of 10 weeks because 
I, I, I'm guilty. Three weeks in, I thought they were they were doomed to a tenth place finish, but he's turned it round absolutely well. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to show some data on Smith Rowe later, which is a bit more interesting actually in terms of his XG is not that bad recently. It's actually pretty good, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Here's my team: fifty nine points. Um, Ramsdale in goal, first of all. Which, oh, that makes oh, me that makes me feel ill. Ramsdale. Bloody Mr. Grimsdale in goal <laughs> with two points. Uh, Trent with seven. Alonso with nine. Alonso's done all right for me recently. James is six. Cancelo the 18. Reggie on the one off the bench. Salah the captain with four. Jota seven. And then Fodor and Gudawan didn't turn up. Zero both of them. Lacazette with a rather fortunate assist um, for five points. Just to give bit. me 59. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, considering I had nine men, Gundogan didn't turn up. Foden didn't turn up either. That was a bit unfortunate. Foden with his indiscretions off the pitch, shall we say, which was unforeseen. Mm. Um, and Gundogan, who with De Bruyne backfiring, is probably now going to get heavily rotated. Um, so difficult to say. Difficult problem with that. You've actually uh, given yourself a few extra points there because you took a hit. Yeah. I, I did. Oh, yeah, I did take a hit. Four. Yeah, but you yeah. take you, you put the score up for the game. Oh, yeah. The hit comes off the league total, not your game week total. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah that is true though yeah with the hit as well yeah so um, it was not, bad as the Premier League giving the okay. team of the week yeah to the... they do that's what they do yeah I know it's, it's strange um, a green arrow two green arrows in a row got me back to almost where I was when I left you back at the end of game week 11 253k in the world but you are up to 7k let's talk about goals because I don't think I don't think mine will change I'm still going to aspire to try and finish in the top 10k it could be difficult although I look back at Last season and going into game week 19, I was 196k in the world. So not massively ahead of where mm. I am. But what I will say about this season is, as we'll see when we look at the great and the good league, is the community, the Twitter community is doing so well. I mean, there's some, re it's really tough competition, isn't it, in our middle leagues? But you're top of a few as with a 7k rank. So where, where's, where's your site set now? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is about where I was when, when I came in the top 1k. I think. Um, so I'm obviously trying to push on into that. I mean, a, another top 1K finish would be would be amazing. Um, top 10K would, would be decent. I think anything other than that at this point would be, would be a bit oh, of a... Oh, come on. You're top 10K now. You got, you've got to... Well, that's what I mean. I mean, if, you know, if it does all go wrong and I finish outside the top 10K, I think it's going to be a problem. I've, I, I, I'm aiming to finish in the top 1K again. Right. That, that would be... That'd be really nice. I mean, I've got my chips. I've got, um, I've got a really good team value, as we'll probably see in you a sec. Have. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just getting the chips right and and you know, I, I the thing is I'm I'm happy with the Martinelli pick because I, I I don't want to stop kind of trusting my gut and kind of resting on my laurels and you know just hoping that my players ever there's so few opportunities we've got to kind of differentiate our our sides because the template's so strong with three at the back with Jota there with no forward options basically to consider other than like Ronaldo so getting the kind of fringe players right I think is is really important so. Just got to keep doing that and, and hope for the best. Okay, let's look at the great and the good league. It doesn't make good viewing for me. And I did joke with Greyhead that this this great and the good league feature on Black Boss is getting a bit tired and maybe we just drop it now. I, you know, I don't know about how you feel about it. This was all your idea uh, putting yeah. this in. <laughs> this, is, um, this is me, bottom of the great and the good league. Oh, uh, that's nice. With 1,120 points, a rank of 253k, as is top on 1,214 points. Um, so a 96 point gap between us and uh, an overall rack of rank of 7524. Crazy that you're top 
an iron bottom. I mean, it was a bit like that last season, but I didn't go, I didn't soar to the top and you dropped to the bottom. I think you were bottom two for a bit. Yeah. And I was top three for a bit, but I left my surge to the end and ended up coming second. And you were, what, third from bottom in the end, were you? You're in yeah, a relegation some, some, spot. So something, something like that. There wasn't the chasm that appears to be between us at the moment. Um, I mean, but look at it. I mean, like, to be bottom of that league with a rank of 250k is a bit harsh because last season there was a few managers at the bottom yeah. inside, like, just over a million and or, you know, un- just under a million, right? So oh, I was, I was third from so bottom. High, right? I was third from bottom, about 600, 700k, yeah. I think, at this, at this yeah. point. <laughs> so yeah. but what is it about this season that it just meant that so many of the community are doing so well? Why, why do you think that is? I, I do think it's, uh, it has a lot to do with the template being so strong at the start of the season. And and for, I think you've been, you, you've got the right players in, but somehow managed to the wrong not time. get them at the times when they, they've done well. It's, it's Playing been really the right, weird. No, it's just not necessarily in the right <laughs> order, basically. It's, um, it is, it is yeah. really strange. And, you know, players have, have gone on and, and just carried on doing well. Like Cancelo, Trent, James have, have done well. If you've got them in, they've, they just continue to get points. Like Jota getting Jota early has meant that you know people have had yeah, big, but big rank boosts. I've got a point on that, right? So, so Jota, I think the difference is when I've got on players early, it hasn't benefited me. Where this Martinelli case just shows you how that's gone for you because not only did you get him in, obviously he's immediately returned, and you've got those big returns before everyone else gets on him. Whereas I was a big Jota fan, got on got on him early. And he missed that game at Watford where yeah. Firmino got the hat-trick. Right? Had he not picked up the injury in the international break and he might have started that Watford game, he could have got me a hole in that game. Right? He wouldn't have got a hat-trick probably, but he would have got a goal probably, or at least something. A return that others wouldn't have had because people weren't on Jota. Jota's only started returning now, but everyone's on him. So, yeah, I know. Unfortunately, when I've gone to a player early who has turned out to be a decent guy, he hasn't immediately returned for me, whereas you've had that. You've had that with Smith Rowe. You've had it with... Athena with the penalties, you've had it with... I'm like Smith-Rowe, like, you know, just making my time in my run into the box perfectly. You are, yeah. You've, <laughs> and, and and what's funny as well, I, I, do you remember we went to the FBL review and we got those radar charts at the end of, mm. in the retrospective? I did it again over this week and I got in touch with John who runs FBL review and I sent him your radar and mine. And I haven't got them in the show because there's, there's a lot of detail behind it. But I hope that he would come back and go, oh, yeah, well, basically, Mark, you've just been dreadfully unlucky. And as has been incredibly fortunate. But what he came back and said was, yeah, as his picks have just been fantastic. I'm like, yeah, but that, what else? Can't that, don't say that. I can't say that on the show. That's no use to me. Give me some material that says <laughs> let's that. Just, let's just go with that. Let's I know, that yeah, nice. exactly. It was like, yeah, and, and that's it, basically. I, I, but I do think, um, I think, Basically, gave me a breakdown, which at some point we'll we'll go we'll revisit these. Um, but he gave me a breakdown. Basically, said that you know I I should have my expected points are would have been higher. I've been a bit unfortunate with that. Um, but I think I've just been getting on play, on the right players, not at the right time. Where if you just hit the nail on the head every time, and that's you know it's not it's not really luck. It's just basically timing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've made mistakes. Like I, I hokey cokey the premium forwards around. I, you know, I sold Vardy and then he hauled. I sold him for Ronaldo and then got rid of Ronaldo before he hauled mm-hmm. against Arsenal. I, I had Mope, you know, who, who did nothing. Like it hasn't been, yeah, yeah. it hasn't been perfect. But the the key thing for me was the wild card in in game week eight because that's when I got on big at the back when I don't think a lot of people did. And I, I had I had I got Smith Rowe in on that wild card and Foden has has been good for me as well. 
So and and Ramsdale, you know, getting Ramsdale at four point five. Incredible. Like we, we, and yeah, we another were, example. Well, example. We were talking about the difference between Guaita and Ramsdale, weren't we? And at the time, we both said, "Well, there's been not too much in it between them." And I think you worked it out it was about 40, 50 it's points or something. It's not quite that you? much, but it's Is quite it it's quite a lot of points. But another great example: you got on Ramsdale, and immediately you got returned to that. And if you look at the table here that Gray has given us, which looks at immediate transfer points, although I'm still out of all the great in the good league, I've got the highest return for my captains, yeah. 330 points. So that's not a problem. I'm somehow the best in the, in the league out of 10 managers who are all top managers. You know, we're talking about Fabio, Magnus Carlsen, General, Tom Stevenson, big, big names. I've got more captain points than any of them, even though I'm bottom of the league. My problem has been, look at my transfers. I've only earned 22 points immediately from transfers. What that means is when you make a transfer, how many positive points have you got out of that transfer compared to obviously the players leaving scoring points as well. So it's the difference between the players leaving and the players coming in, how many positive points. I've only got 22. You've got 89. I'm bottom of that. But a massive part of that was the Ferran Torres debacle. Well, not really. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about 18, 20 points there. Yeah. yeah. You start, so that, I mean, it started and it's gone on like that, hasn't it? Not quite as stark as that, but I haven't made many transfers that have got me points immediately. Interestingly, it's happened recently. I did get Dennis and he scored at Brentford. I did mm. get Foden and he got that return. Um, I did get Lacazette and he got an assist. So I've started to get a bit better at it recently. So I'm hoping I'm getting that. That's what I need to get going because last season, my immediate transfer tally was 224 points, which was even higher than the guy who won it. I had a really good tally there. It was my captain's that wasn't great. But this season, I've just lost that mojo completely. It, and I, it, what is that? What's going on? There? It, it is funny, isn't it? Because we, we've talked before about kind of like getting into a rhythm of, mm. of, of of on this game, and it's it sounds absolutely ridiculous to think that you can like get into a rhythm picking <laughs> yeah, like sense. players in the Premier League to put in your fantasy team. But I, I, I don't know. I look at you getting Gundogan, for example, and I mean yeah. Bernardo Silva was the obvious pick for you to get at the time. He was playing, you know, advanced. He was getting points and everything, and you and you went for him instead, and. I mean, that's, that's just obviously just like one example, but I think you, you can kind of, not you, not you, just you, you, but definitely me as well. You can kind of try and be a bit too clever maybe at times well, and, and try and get in players. But but that's a great example, Gundogan and Bernardo. At the time I went Gundogan, if you looked at the data, Gundogan was on penalties as well. It was, I think it was close between them. Like Bernardo was showing good form, but, you know, we've had two or three seasons of Bernardo. We know who he is. We know what type of player he is. Gundogan, we saw last season when De Bruyne was out, did very well, right? So I went Gundogan over. So I didn't think it was that much of a stretch to go Gundogan over Bernardo, but it didn't pay off at all because Gundogan got an injury again and he was out with a back yeah. injury, missed the game. And it's just, you know, it's a catalogue of... of some errors and some. But this bad is luck. this is the luck element. This is this luck element. It's not. It's when you go against something like that, and mm. it's how much you get punished when it when it goes mm. wrong. And I mean, Luke is the king of yeah. getting punished relentlessly for anything that he does. That's a little bit different. He's all. He's been like that for you know for year, year after year. Mm. He tries to be different and gets punished. Uh, and I think yeah, Gundogan and Silva's example, Guaita and Ramsdale. Like you, you have yeah. been. You you you've you know, you've, you have had a difficult season, I have yeah. to say. In, it's in it's tricky, but I mean, I think what I want to do is like give hope to people out there who have had a similar kind of outcomes recently um, and who aren't perhaps doing well because, you know, this is a reversal of fortune. So it's quite interesting for the show to have this situation where I'm playing catch up, you're looking at a 1K finish, I'm trying to grind it down to something respectable. 
Um, so we are going to offer different perspectives this time around, and the roles are swapped. And hopefully, I can, I can fulfil the kind of like John at FBI Review did say he expects me to have a turnaround and catch you up a bit, but I'm going to need a change in fortune, and that's what is so much the, the game is about. That about just choosing the right players, but timing when you get them, um, because as I've done, I've got the right players some of the time, but at no time did they actually return any points, like Goita like Jota, like Gundogan. I mean, it's, it's it's a tough game to play, but especially in this situation as well, with the postponements, I think one thing we've got to prepare ourselves for is luck is going to be a word that's thrown around a lot in the next few weeks because of the games dropping out, right? Yeah, and like, you, you don't want to say it as people who are doing podcasts each week and trying to advise people, but there is a, there is a lot of luck because the players that you, the, the teams that get cancelled is, is going to have an impact on, on your, your squad. I mean, you know, I, I don't really want to moan too much, but losing Jimenez is is an example. It's really annoying. I got him in for this week and that just shows I did a bit of element of planning. I didn't have any faith in him getting something in that Chelsea game. But I thought at least he's going to go into the Watford match and that game gets called off. So now I've got a problem there. So it, it does it does feel that, that planning, you know, is, 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 is more difficult than it ever is, which, which means that luck is going to play a huge part. But you can't control the luck. All you can do is control moves you get. So I, I think you just got, you just got to keep plugging away and, and doing yeah. what you can and planning and using transfer planners and spreadsheets and listening to us because that's what you can control. Yeah, I mean, the skill is really handling how you react to that luck because it is coming, right? There's, you're going to get some bad luck and some good luck in the next two to three weeks because of the situation mm. we're in with COVID. Um, and it's how you handle that and how you press on regardless and still put in some time to get your team and make good decisions irrespective of the outcomes. And that in itself is a skill that, I've had to learn and I'm still learning it because, you know, it is hard when luck goes against you. It's hard to go, right, I'm just going to, that's just going to bounce off me and I'm going to still make my decisions in the same way. I'm not going to be emotional. And that's, yeah, we've got quite a bit of that coming up in the next few weeks, I think. At least your day job has been nice and easy, so you haven't had to stress Yeah, well. exactly. It's been, it's been, you know, <laughs> very laid back in the day normally. Um, right, let's look at the double game week situation then, because it is it is very interesting. And Ben Krellin, we should credit him as always for his work in the community. Um, I didn't really expect him to be so busy at this this early in the season. I thought his time would come after Christmas, but obviously the COVID situation and what looks like a lightly double game week twenty two has um, basically triggered him, and he's off with his with his tables as. And what we've got here in front of us for the listeners on the podcast is a breakdown of the game weeks up to game week 23 with game week 22 highlighted as an almost certain double game week uh, and a number of teams in that game week are likely to have two fixtures um so what's your early take on this as how you're going to tackle this yeah, I mean the the other great thing about this spreadsheet is is the you know the um the semi-finals that are coming in for the, the Carabao Cup. Uh and you know we've got Tottenham, Liverpool, Arsenal uh, and Chelsea so big teams in that who've got these extra games and you know we're entering into the semi-final stage so we're probably going to see some quiet you know you know the, the strong starting 11s like we did with Spurs last night. Um yeah, Arsenal and Liverpool were were kind of less less strong. Um, it's kind of it's interesting to see who, you know I think Klopp doesn't really care about this this competition too much he threw on some of the big guns kind of towards the end but I think Conte is, is obviously taking it really seriously and, and Spurs are one of the teams that I want to target because they've they've I know we've got the free here but they're a team I want to invest in 
before that going into it. And if you haven't, you know, if you're going to use, if you've already used your free hit, maybe, and you're going to use another one this week, then, or, or next week, then you need to think about, you know, that, that 22 game. So it's, it's Tottenham. I'm looking to invest in going forward. I also like the Leicester game because they've got Burnley away. So if they get another game slotted into that, that's going to look really good. Uh, and Watford as well. I mean, surely we're going to see, have to see a game for them coming in. They've got Newcastle, which is always the team I want to look at. And this is where we might see a, a Dennis and King double up, given that the forwards are such a problem area. Yeah, I mean, they still are a problem. So, so basically, we've only got two teams who don't have a postponement to make up, and that's City and Newcastle. All the other teams could have, well, will have double game weeks at some point. The teams that Ben has identified as almost certain to get a double game week 22 are Spurs, Burnley, Watford, Brighton, Leicester, United, Liverpool now, now they've lost their fixture, Brentford, Chelsea, Arsenal and Leeds. So those teams are thought to be the most likely to have two fixtures in game week 22, but also Villa, Norwich, Palace, Everton, Southampton, West Ham and Wolves could have. Um, Game week 21 is also kind of been put forward as possibly likely to have an additional fixture or two in it. I'm sceptical about that, though. Um, how are you feeling about that? Especially now the, the Carabao Cup is, is two legs, right? Well, I, I'm, I'm a bit sceptical about the whole thing. I mean, especially 21. I mean, Game Week 21 is the 1st of January. So that really isn't far away. That's like, a, what, a week, just over a week yeah. away. So we're already seeing games postponed because of COVID outbreaks this week. So are they really going to add in another game yeah. in, a, in a week's time? It just doesn't seem likely. At least with game week 22, it starts on the 14th of January. So we're going to see, we're going to see extra games coming, what, like the 18th, 19th of Jan? So at least that gives a few weeks to kind of build these in. I mean, we've just had a, a, a super chat just saying, you know, double games are unlikely because of a possible circuit breaker. And, you know, that, that could happen. It depends what the, the circuit breaker might not affect that double game because if they if they break for two or three weeks and, and then it comes back into it maybe we will still see these these double game weeks going ahead um you know in in game week 22 but game week 21 i, I can't i just can't see a double game week happening you know? no. and that is pure speculation like no, I mean, no, I, nothing to, to back that no, up with. i know i i felt the same i mean like ben put the graphic out a few days ago and people leapt on that and were profit at the mouth about double game week 21 and 22 and you know look at the points we're going to get uh, and then Ben obviously quite rightly pointed out that, you know, he was only putting the graphic out there. It's a possibility more than anything. And then, you know, when you look into it, the fact that the teams met the Premier League last week and agreed to press on regardless, I just find it hard to believe that the Premier League will throw in as many matches as possible during the spell. Mm. They're going to surely keep it to a minimum until, you know, until the, the kind of risk has reduced somewhat. And there's always a chance as well that supporters won't be allowed to go to grounds. And I just didn't see them cramming in matches that supporters could go to. You know, their, their, their announcement today about the postponements, the first thing they say about it is almost like an apology to the fans, an explanation to the fans, because they know that it's going to be a blow to people who can't go and see their team during this period on Boxing Day. It's a tradition, isn't it? So yeah. I think the Premier League are going to be very mindful of how the supporters feel about this. And, you know, if, you know, after Christmas fans can't go to grounds, having a load more matches dropped into the schedule that they can't get to, I just don't think that's going to be their intention, I, right? I, I normally and, and rightly take everything Ben Krellin says as, as kind of gospel because he's so accurate with his predictions on how things are going. But it is just such, like, you know, I would say unprecedented times, but it's not because it's, it's been going on for a couple of years now. But it's, you know, we're talking about planning, like, 
transfers for Premier League players into our you know imaginary lineups, let alone mm. the Premier League planning fixtures around fans and player health and all of this kind of stuff. It's you know it's, it's a it's a completely you know thankless task I think for Ben at the moment because the slightest thing can kind of knock everything back. So, like I said, all we can do is kind of work what we've got, and it it does. They have to fit these fixtures in at some point, and it's the World Cup in December. They can't prolong the league for too long. They can't do another six, seven, eight weeks at the end of the season because you know players are going to. It makes it even worse for the health and safety of the players. So they have to come in at some point. So it, it does really seem likely to me that twenty two is is a double game week, providing it can happen. But yeah, and I think that is that's just a free hit time. I, I think that's just for everyone. Like it's it's just going to be free hit week, isn't it? So you've already made it your mind on that because I, I mean, that was my first take is that I will use transfers and then free hit ahead of 22. You're absolutely sold on that. I mean, it, do you think there's any debate yet? Um, well, I mean, looking, looking at the, the potential fixtures, I mean, if, if it, it does, it does look like a lot of the kind of the big teams are kind of already covered that we've already all, all, already got. So if, if Villa, Norwich, Palace, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Wolves, if they're the only ones that don't have one, it's not going to be a huge amount of investment in any of those teams, really. Maybe West Ham with like Bowen and Antonio, but, you know, Everton, Palace, maybe Gallagher, Norwich, you know. But then it's City. So if City have Chelsea that week, this gives you an opportunity to move out Cancelo, Foden, you might have Gundogan um, as well. Uh, and, you know, I think there might be some opportunity if, if Salah's off at AFCON as well, and you've, you've maybe still holding on to him. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think there, there is definitely an opportunity in that week to to free hit. If I can get a team out that doesn't need it, then obviously I'll do that. But mm. I, I just get the sense that it's, it's going to be a mass free hit week. Yeah, I mean, I I, I felt that way too initially, um, and then I sat there and foolishly before the show, I thought to myself, oh, I'll, I'll just put a free hit team together for game week nineteen and see what it looks like. So I'll put that on the screen now because. It was probably the worst thing I could do. Um, <laughs> that's the wrong screen. It's this one here. Um, because I was set on just making two transfers this week, taking a hit, probably getting 11 out with a hit, um, bringing in Son for game week 19, and that was it. Um, but when I put this free hit team together, this, and I can afford this, right? So it's Ramsdale and goal, going to Norwich, Lamptey at home to Brentford, Cancelo home to Leicester, Reggion home to Palace, Son home to Palace, Rashford away at Newcastle, Bowen home to Southampton, Martinelli, your man, away at Norwich, Kane at home to Palace, Lacazette away at Norwich, and Ronaldo away at Newcastle. A bench with Johnson and Ramsey to come in, Ben Johnson that is, and Ramsey of Villa. Simicass is there because he's 3-7, it just allows you to flex the money, basically. Um, that is a good team for game week 19, it's a strong team, and, if, and I think if people are going to free hit, a lot of those players, I think, will find their way into free hit teams. Certainly the front line. I can't see many people not going with that front three. So what, what's your reaction when you see that? Do you look at that and think, I covered that? My, my first thought was, oh my God, that's a really good team. I really hope you don't do it because you could start clawing back some points. But then when I kind of look at it in a bit more detail, triple Spurs against Palace. Palace aren't pushovers. already beat them earlier in the season. I know Spurs have, have been better, but... I think a lot of people, it's, it's interesting with, with Spurs because the Liverpool game was really, really impressive. I think I messaged you before that game and thought, oh, I don't like this Spurs team at all. But it was the first time that I'd seen Spurs, every player looked like they knew their role. They had a real tactic for the thing. They kept Salah quiet, get the ball up to, to Son and Kane. Kane looked like he was more up for it than we'd seen previously. Son was just, you know, running them ragged. It was, it was a really, really good performance. 
but it suited the Liverpool style because Liverpool just came at them and they could just counter. And that is Conte in a nutshell. Palace are obviously a, 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 an attacking side under Vieira, but are they going to get that same space? Are we going to see that same level? Mm. Are they just going to put it over the top to, to, you know, Son and Kane over and over again? And, and to, I'm just, I'm still not convinced on Kane just, just being worth the money. And I think it's only because we've got such a like dearth of options up front that we're even considering him. And when you look at Lacazette, his role in the team, playing deeper, I'm not sure he's he's worth he's worth the spot. I don't I can't see him getting double digits against Norwich. Norwich would be better defensively as well. Rashford, I'm not that convinced on playing up front as kind of foil to Ronaldo. So I look at this team and I, there's I don't know. It, I think this is about as good as it gets this week. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't look at it and feel really. The more I look at it, the more I think ah I can get away with this. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, the team that, if I do do transfers this week, I'm probably going to bring in Son and Broher. So the, the, the basically, the light for likes in this team is Kane, Ronaldo, Martinelli and Rashford are the players that mm. would be different to the team that I, I would go with. And in place of those players, I'd have Gundogan, Foden, Alonso and Broher, right? Now, what's key there is Foden and Gundogan, right? Because yeah, I was going to say. They're at home to Leicester. Leicester are conceding goals. If Gundogan and Foden start, they're going to be good players to have, right? Yeah, and I think uh, Leicester are the fourth worst team. We've already looked at some defensive stats in, in a bit. I know you love your love your numbers, but they're like the fourth worst over the last six or something for defence. And you look at them against Liverpool. They just fell apart again, you know, free one mm. up in that match and with a pretty much full strength side and, and falling apart. I think Foden comes back in into the side. I think he's had his naughty step and he's, you know, he, he's, he's still well, so key. He's probably quite literally on the naughty step actually. That's <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Pep, after that Newcastle game was like, yeah, we, we weren't good. Like we, we you know, he, he tried it with basically, a, you know, uh, Mares, Jesus up top and, and Sterling mm. and, and said we weren't, we, we couldn't find our rhythm. So I think it, it's very likely we see some some quite big changes coming. Maybe Grealish back over to the left, or or in the false nine, and Foden yeah, back in, and, and Jay's over to the right. I think if we look at um, Ben Crellin's other table here, which shows you the gap between the fixtures as well. So Man City play Leicester on Boxing Day, and then they've got two days break before Brentford, and then two days break before Arsenal. I can't see De Bruyne playing all of those games, right? So De Bruyne is going to miss one of them at least, and it, and Gundogan hasn't played for a couple of games now, so I. I do think there's a chance that Gundogan does come in and De Bruyne gets the rest. Um, so that's why I look at this and think, yeah, you know, I don't, I could be turning my back on points from Gundogan and Foden. Um, Alonso at Villa, I mean, yeah, I don't think that's too great. I think Villa could score, but you never know with Alonso. Score. Yeah, I think yeah. they will score, yeah. I mean, Alonso would be on my bench if I had, a, a, if it wasn't for the postponements, that's for sure. Uh, and then I was going Broyer at West Ham because I think I mean, Broyer's a good player to have going forward, I think rest of the season I think I'm into my budget forward so I, I am torn I haven't decided I'm going to look at what my team will, will look like in game week 22 if I do free hit and that, I think that's what you've got to do you've got to get a plan together I mean I, I, I spoke yesterday about well why are people talking about ripping up their plans because really we shouldn't have done any planning yet hmm. but I also saw a post today about well this is the time when planning is most important I kind of do agree with that I think what you've got to do you've got to plan but be prepared that it's going to be thrown out right? so you've got to invest the time and and be prepared that it will be wasted. But I think that it's still important to do. So I'm looking at, if I did free hit, 
what team would I take into 22? What could I do with the free transfers to get my team set up for 22? Which would mean I could have a team that competes with free hit teams mm. in 22. So if you did free hit in 22 and I free hit in 19, what advantage will you have over me? I think I'll have a, some advantage this week if I free hit, obviously, the likes of Kane and Rashford. But would you get that backhand more in 22? That's what I've got to ask myself. And I, I say you, but I'm talking about obviously other FPL managers as well. Yeah, so that's, yeah. what, that's what we've all got to do, isn't it, in, in this next window, is look at, is it right to play it for 19? How would I be set up by 22 if I do? And is it therefore better to just take a four-point hit or even maybe an eight-point hit mm. and use that, that that free hit in 22? What, what what do you see the advantages of that free hit with 22 other than obviously we've got time to absorb team news and stuff? Well, the, the, I mean, the other thing is that like you're, you're in a, a fairly decent position in that you can get, what, nine or ten players out without having to use the free hit. And I think not having Ronaldo is scary because mm. he's, he's going to be the overwhelming captain choice this week for the free hitters and the non-free hitters and people are going to be bringing him in and, and all of that. Um, but, you know, there's some people with like four or five players or, you know, six players or something that are probably going to be going into this match. It, it, you know, there might even be more games that, that postpone that, that make this even tougher. Um, the, the, the big thing is, I mean, the free hit gives you a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. So if you're using your free hit when you've already got a, a fairly decent squad for this week, there could be a game week a bit further down the line where you end up in that position where you've got three or four players and you desperately need it. And that is what's putting me off using it because it does feel, it is a gift. Like they, they've called it, they build it as like Christmas gift <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. And I kind of saw that. I was like, oh yeah, of yeah. course it's a Christmas gift. But it could be, it could, it could end up kind of saving you in a week where you get unlucky and all of your players miss out. So if if I can avoid using it, I, I think my preference is to wait. Yeah, I mean, it, so you're saying that even if you don't use it in 19, you might get to 22 and not use it there even, if you feel yeah. like, yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely, that is a valid tactic because we think this this situation with, with postponements could continue. So, it, it And then you can use it on game week 38, like I did a few years ago, end up with 15 less points than your other well, team would have got and miss out on the top 10K. But that's that's the other point about the free hit. It's, it's making it in a game week where you know you're absolutely certain that your returns with that free hit team are going to be greater than the returns of the team you've scrapped, right? And normally when you play it in blanks, when there's only like four or five games, you can be pretty certain of that. In this scenario where I, you know, with a four-point hit, I can get 11 out. Now, is my free hit, is this free hit team going to outscore that team? Maybe, but maybe not. And you're taking not, out right? two city midfielders yeah, and well, exactly, James. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that, that's the danger, isn't it? And that's what, again, managers out there have got to weigh up. It's that if you've got nine, 10 players for game week 19 and you can get, or you can get to nine, 10 with, with one hit, you've got to look at those players, build a free hit team and go, what are the chances that this free hit team conclusively beats in the team that I will put out otherwise? And it's, you've got to be convinced. And if you're yeah. not, you probably don't play it, do you? I, I think if you can get to Ronaldo captain and have nine or ten okay players, you don't free hit. And so, that's with a hit, even with a hit. So you think the Ronaldo captain is critical, do you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really do. I just I just think it's... I, I, I was looking for any reason to captain him anyway. That's why I've kept him all this all this time. It's, I wasn't going to do it because Salah's been... Well, okay, Salah was, was fairly good in the last game, but mostly because of Leeds. I thought there's no way I'm not going to captain Salah at home against Leeds, given the way they've been defending. But as soon as you know that game was passed, I was, was Ronaldo. 
it's, this is an easy decision because he's already scored twice against them in his first match. They haven't improved at all defensively. They're, they've got, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing some defensive numbers. They've got to be in and around the worst team for. Yeah, we'll see in a minute for for, for defense. So, I think if you if you if you're not going with Ronaldo captain this week. Like who do you who who else do you get? You you, you it's probably Son. It's Son, right? yeah. He's, yeah. He's the, he's the other one, or maybe an Arsenal mid like Martinelli missed out in, in the cup. But you're going to captain a you know you're captaining a five point three million midfielder over, you know, arguably the greatest striker that's, that's ever played football against the worst team. I, I mean, Ronaldo over Son for me is 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 just an easy decision. I'll be bringing Son in this week, but there's I won't even be considering the the armband on Son. You're in an envious position where you've already got Ronaldo. I'm yeah. not, right? So for me to get Ronaldo in this week, I've got to sell Salah and sell either Dennis or or Davis. And I think if I sold Davis, I can't I miss out on Martinelli by 0-1. I think I can sell Dennis. Oh, what a shame. I think what I can, a shame. Yeah, thanks for your sympathy. <laughs> I think I can sell Dennis and I can sell Salah and get Ronaldo and someone like Martinelli, which is probably what I'll do. Mm. Um, you know, that's the other, the other thing that I was looking at. Or I would go Salah to Son and Davis to Broha and then risk not going Ronaldo. But I think we'll look at the captaincy later and what you said about Palace. I mean, I know how solid Palace are, statistically, data-wise. They're, they're tight, right? And banking on Son scoring or getting a return against them, United, United could win four or five nil, and I'd be surprised if Spurs scored more than two goals in in their match against Palace. Mm. Who've been good, yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I think, and, and I think the key thing with Ronaldo is he goes straight into a home match against Burnley, assuming he's going to play, which is which is another great fixture. I know, I know, Song goes into a away match against Southampton, and we both know what happened last year, yeah, when <laughs> when Son and Kane played Southampton. But the fact Ronaldo's got such a good game in the next game, I think the hit is going to more than justify itself. Well, another thing that's interesting as well about Ronaldo is I was looking at the ticker when you take out game week 22. So if you remove game week 22 because you're free hitting there, you've decided, right, those fixtures don't matter. You can build your team for those fixtures and think about that later. It's all about the fixtures around 22. And if you take 22 out, and you can do this on the Fantasy Football Scout ticker, you can delete a game week and then sort by how many game weeks you want. And I've done it here from 20, so 19's gone up to 27. Look at United. Look at United's run if you take 22 out of the equation. Burnley at home, Wolves at home, West Ham at home, Burnley away, Southampton at home, Leeds away, Watford at home. That's an incredible run. If you don't own Ronaldo, if you're thinking, I won't get Ronaldo, I'll just free hit him in in 22 for the double, you're not going to have him in game week 23 against West Ham. Not a big deal. But it is it is a big deal if you don't have him against Burnley, Southampton, Leeds and Watford, I think. They've got an incredible run around yeah. this free hit 22. But not having Ronaldo, you're in a great position, you've got him. But I think the rest of us have got to think about getting Ronaldo, right? Because I don't know if there's an alternative in that United team. Well, it was it was never really a consideration for me to sell him because I thought if I sell him, I'm going to use those funds and strengthen around. I'm always going to want him back. With, with Salah going off to Afcon, we needed a, a you know a, a captaincy option, and I, I think Ronaldo is is the strongest one to to consider if if he can carry on the way he has been. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I I I am in a, I am in a good position holding him. I I, I think, yeah, I, I just I said I said it earlier um, a few weeks ago. I think I was on with Simon, and I said I don't like the word essential, but even even at that time, when you know, the, assuming all the games are going ahead, I said people just need Ronaldo 
in their side. To me, it was it was just a, a given that he's going to... And my feelings haven't really changed. Assuming these games go ahead, I really do think you need him. He needs to be the priority for people to, to get in. And if you have to sell Salah to get him, I think you just do it. Yeah, I mean, it's not just that Ronaldo is a good player to own. It's that United haven't got any other candidates who get near to him, in my opinion, at the moment. Sancho, Rashford, Bruno are not yet near no. him in terms of FPL potential. I don't think Rashford could, Sancho could, Bruno's declined and obviously we know what he was. But none of those three, I think, can really They're all punts. Compare, they're, they're, yeah. they're, all, they're all expensive punts and they're all foil to get the most out of Ronaldo. Whenever I see them play, it's like Rashford's up front with Ronaldo, but it's almost like he's there to pull defenders away so Ronaldo can get into better positions yeah. and score. He's it's just depressing. so by far the best option in that As side. someone who's tried to resist getting Ronaldo, it <laughs> yeah. is quite depressing. I, I mean, I, I would argue that it's not about the captaincy either because Salah's back in 24 and the only weeks where you would want to captain Ronaldo really are 23 when when um, Salah is missing. And 22 is a double game week and you're free hitting, so you'll have a choice of who you captain, right? It doesn't have to be Ronaldo. It depends on what the double game week fixtures are. Um, and and I'd argue 21, Son at Watford is a better captain than Ronaldo at home mm. to Wolves because Wolves are quite solid. So I don't think it's about the captaincy. It's just about Ronaldo is the most likely player to score points between game weeks 20 and 27. If you look at the ticker and you just take into consideration the fixtures because of those games, they've got a lot of home games. And obviously Ronaldo should play most of those games despite the schedule, right? Because... He does, right? He, he, I don't. I think he may get a rest in one or two games, but you can't the, bank the, on it. They're, they're playing every team that you want them to play. They've got Newcastle uh, in 19. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, Ted pointed out to me that the, every every team has the same game in game week 20 yeah. and game week 24. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm an idiot. The kind of reverse fixture. But the fact United have got Burnley again, just shows that, you know, if you had like a top tier, like a Chelsea or a, you know, or a Liverpool or something, you'd be, you'd be worried. But the fact United have got that Burnley match, mm. I think is, just shows that they're, they're so ripe for investment. Yep. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, let's look at some data. Um, This is uh, the fences over the season and the last four. Obviously, I've gone with the last four matches, not the last four game weeks, because the last four game weeks have been... um, obviously scrambled by postponements. Um, so over the season, what we were saying about Palace, if you're looking at, you know, going Salah to Son and you're going to captain Son and you haven't got Ronaldo, the Palace defence over the season is the third best, right? It's behind Manchester City and Chelsea in terms of minutes per XG conceded, non-penalty. Um, they haven't turned that data into clean sheets necessarily, but in terms of conceding chances, um they're right up there. In terms of big chances per game, it's one per game. Only Man City beat that. You know, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, almost like Waiter was a good option. Well, he was, if you just did the <laughs> data. But yeah, there you go. I mean, so, and, and over the last, what, four matches? They're fifth. So it's not like they've dropped off recently. It's it's a trend. You know, they are, mm. they are a strong defence statistically. 
They're only conceding, what, 0.5 big chance per match. Uh, again, only City better than that over the last four. So that's something to consider if you're thinking, well, I can go Son, captain. Maybe not, because it's not going to be an easy game for the Spurs attack. Um, I think, it just, just just on points, really, I think it's interesting with, with Palace, because I, I don't, I, the, these stats just do not mirror what I feel about them. Hmm. Like, I, I just don't see them as being a team that can keep clean sheets still. You know, I, I I look at them and, you know, you look at the last game, they had a, what, a, a two-all thriller, wasn't it, against yeah. Southampton? Mm. They, they just seem to find a way just to keep conceding goals. You know, they conceded against Everton, even though they won 3-1. Uh, we, you know, better than anyone against Leeds in the final minute. It's kind of like, it's just really, really frustrating. Um, Tell me about you know, it. Seeing them. And, no, no, it, know, is. it is. It's like the opposite. Of, like Brighton do it offensively. You know, we have great attacking numbers and, and don't score. And Palace are almost the reverse of that. It is, and it's, it's, that's what you mean when we say about, well, it's the eye test versus the data. If you look at the data, which is what I did, I just went with the data on Guido, and I thought, well, although the eye test tells me that Palace for a team that always find a way to concede, I'm going to go with the data and hope that, that that comes through. And it hasn't. You know, I should have gone with the eye test. Like you said, when you watch Palace, they always look like, well, they're not, they're not that secure at the back. They're conceding chances. It's the quality of the chance isn't high. Mm. But it obviously doesn't have to be for them to concede because they've got that weakness at set pieces. That's that's key as well, right? Yeah. They might not be high quality XG chances, but they're so bad at set pieces. They get in such a muddle on the second phase from set plays. They concede careless goals. And Goita's not, he's a decent shot stopper, but he's not a top rank keeper either. So he concedes shots that perhaps some other keepers would save. So that's what's, you know, that's what's cost them really. That's why they're not a top tier defence in FBL terms yet. Um, but the data suggests they I think, could I think be. It, it says a lot for what Vieira is doing there because I think he's he's got this way of them playing that that you know that means they don't concede these really big chances. But the fact they are still conceding goals, you, might, you kind of feel like what if Vieira wasn't there? What if they had another manager who yeah. hadn't instilled this kind of ethos in? They could be they could be in real trouble. And I th- I thought they would be. I thought they really thought they would be um, this season. So again, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, great credit to him. Look at the Newcastle data, though. You were saying about Ronaldo. No, They're bottom go. over yeah. the season for minutes per XG conceded non-penalty. 52.6 minutes per XG conceded non-penalty over the season. And third from bottom over the last four matches, 42.1. So they're right down there. Um, and that's what you're talking about. That vulnerability is shown in the data. It's shown in the eye test. And you've got to think that United will punish them, right? There's just absolutely no composure or confidence or anything in that back line they, they don't they don't it feels like they don't trust each other they concede way too many chances they concede you know big chance goals small chance goals everything they're, they're just I think Leeds at the moment are the team to target just because of the injuries mm. they've got but in general Newcastle they're, they're just they're not going to stay up because they, they they can't they won't keep any clean sheets I mean, I think it has improved under Howe. I think he's only had three or four games, right? So it's not going to be immediate. But I think they're fighting, they're playing as a team, they're pressing a bit more organised. He's found a new role for Jalinton, which looks to be somewhat effective. I think there's shoots of improvement. <laughs> high, high praise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're right, it's still the same personnel at the back and they still don't have an understanding <laughs> or security, do they? They're, they're, a, they're, a, they're a championship side and and I don't think with the score they've, they've got at the moment they're not even a particularly good championship side I, I, it's going to be really really interesting to know what they do in January because they're going to buy some players they're going to go mad yeah they're going to go mad and 
They could go down the route of like QPR, where they spend, you know, 120k a week on Chris Samba, who doesn't sort anything out, or if they can make some smart and astute signings and and, and strengthen, or do they just plan for the championship? Do they bring in some no, proven championship players and 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 just try and get and get promoted again next year? I think I think they can get safe, but actually bringing in a defence, bringing in a brand new defence, and expect them to gel and be effective. That's what I mean. Tough, that's, right? that's the pro- that's attacking the problem. players. They can do. They yeah. can bring in a Lingard. They could bring in a Martial, and they'll probably get them goals. But that's not their problem, really. It's at the back bringing in like two or three new defenders and going, right, you go over there and gel together and in three or four weeks start keeping clean sheets. You That's see not it, easy, time, is it time and time again, bringing in new centre-backs just, it just doesn't work. And, that they need that's that is what they need because I don't I think offensively you know with, with Callum Wilson can always get your goals so Maximan's a great player mm. even someone like Almiron is is decent but the the back four is it's it's like lower championship standard honestly I, I don't rate any of them at all Kieran Clark I don't know what has happened <laughs> that, to him that header from Diaz as well when he let it go <laughs> I, I used I used to quite rate Kieran Clark but he's he's awful he's, but he's just, just he's, it's just confidence. Communications at fault at the back. It's just confidence as well. That's yeah. got a lot to do with it. There is yeah. a lack of quality, but there's also a lack of confidence. Looking at the attack then, um, to be fair, Newcastle's attack over the season and over the last four isn't that great. Um, they're, they're second from bottom over the season and over the last four, they're third from bottom. So although they do have players like Wilson and some Axman who can hurt you, they haven't been showing it yet. And that's obviously something that you know, how's an attacking manager? We back him to bring that out of them. And, and he's, again, there's been some signs of recovery there. Um, what's interesting here in the attack, though, is Arsenal, fourth now over the season and fourth over the last four. They're just transformed, aren't they? And you talked about the energy that Martinelli and Smith Rowe brought in. It's there in the data as well. They're now a top-ranked attack or getting to that point. Yeah, and it's the chemistry between them. You, you, you know, you, you can just tell they, they get on well, they like each other, they know where the runs are going to be made. They study each other's game and and they're all, none of them are selfish. I mean, Martinelli is probably the most selfish one there at the moment, but has the kind of finishing ability to to be able to back it up. And I, I, just, I just didn't see this coming. I mean, I, I knew Saka was, you know, the, I saw them, I went to the Emirates um, you know, a few months ago and Saka was the, the player and he got injured, I think, and, and they lost, or they drew with, with Palace, got a last minute equaliser. But Saka just ran the show. When he mm. went off, Arsenal kind of fell apart. And it's, it does look like now there are other players stepping up. So it's not just kind of reliant on him. And I do, I do think, you know, Odegaard moving to the 10 has, has been bad news for Smith Rowe missing out. But it, it took a lot to displace Smith Rowe because Smith Rowe was one of their best players for the season. So you've got Martinelli, Smith Rowe and Odegaard fighting out for the 10. You've got Saka on the right. You know, you've got, you've got Partey. Um, he, he did that uh, interview where he said he was suffering from a lack of confidence and wasn't playing his best football. Since he did that interview, I thought he's been, he's been brilliant. He's been, you know, take, kicking the ball past players from centre midfield. And I don't know. Look, he looks, getting he looks forward, a, yeah. He's a he does, he does get forward. forward. Yeah. yeah. Ch- Chak is still a liability. They've got Lokonga that can come in. But genuinely speaking, I, I think they've got, a, they've got a really good side. I mean, Ramsdale in goal, obviously the distribution he's got creates chances out of nothing at, at times. Um, and then they've got um, signing of the season, uh, who's, who's replaced Bellerin, um, Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu, yeah. Yeah. He's solid. We're also in tier that we, know, we know about as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a proposition now in FBL terms in many, many respects. I mean, even Tierney, you know, he, if he wasn't injury pony, he'd be on our list of defensive assets, right? You, you've got to consider him. So across the board, they're offering us potential now. Lacazette, 
I think it's just the sign of the times that we're turning to him at the moment. I don't think mm. he's a long-term prospect, um, but at the moment he's an option. But it's in that midfield and, and with Ramsdale and with um, um, Tierney, as I say, that there is potential there. Um, Spurs, look at that under Conte. Over the last four, right up there behind City in terms of minutes per XG non-penalty. Um, 42.6, the second best over the last four matches. And so it is there. I mean, they have turned round and become more of an attacking force. But you're not convinced on Kane, you said earlier. <laughs> I want to be. I mean, his numbers are good. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about when we come to the, the, the play data in a bit. I, I, I want to be. And the the Liverpool game was was interesting because, you know, it was, a, it was a great goal that, that he scored. And then, I mean, he should definitely have been sent off. Oh, yeah. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that he, he should have been sent off for that. And I still look at him and, I, and just sometimes I think, what are you doing? Like, like what? But... His link-up play with Son was good. And, you know, they're getting the ball to him and he was running and he was trying and all the stuff you kind of want to see from him. But is he really getting into those, like, dangerous positions to make me think that he's going to get braces and hat-tricks, which you need to have from a 12.1 million mm. forward? I, I just still don't see it. I just think Son is still leagues clear of him for who mm. I want to get. Well, let's look at some player data because they do factor in this. They're, this is the top 30 players by a minutes BXGI non-penalty. And Son is 28th on that list with 183.6, just ahead of Kane on 183.9 in 29th. So th there's little in it. Kane is yeah. shooting every 31 minutes, Son every 37 minutes. We'll look at the next, we'll look at a more recent sample in a bit and see if there's any difference there. But they've crept into the top 30, which is not where they were last season. Last season, they were producing yeah. FBL returns without the numbers. Now they're beginning to actually produce numbers which are putting them up there with players that are in this list every week that we look at. So that's quite interesting that at least the numbers are improving, if not the returns for Kane. I mean, Son with seven goals and three assists, that's a good return at this point, right? That's, that's the same as Mane. It's, it's, it's one assist better than Ronaldo even. So Son is, is certainly a player we're, we're not going to write off, but Kane, Kane, you're not convinced by. I think if you're, not, if you're not free hitting this week, he's not coming in for people, is he? It's going to be Ronaldo. If, if you if you if you did a Natalie and you just looked at these numbers without knowing the kind of situations of the players and without knowing the goals and assists and you just looked at the minutes per shot and the expected goal involvement non-pen like you said there's nothing in it between them but this is again why I think watching games tells mm. the story because whenever I watch a game I think Son looks so threatening every match that he plays and I just I don't fear Kane at all like he he, he just never looks like he's gonna if he scores, it, it kind of is a surprise at the moment, which is so ridiculous compared to what he's what he's been like throughout you know previous seasons. It's just something that the stats can't can't really tell you. And I'm going to be, I, I, in some ways, I'd like to jump ahead to the end of the season and just see what numbers Kane produces because if he gets less than ten goals this season, that, that is an absolute. I mean, that doesn't sound. Travesty. I mean, if you just said that at the start of the season, you go, well, no, I'd have taken any money that he wouldn't do that. But it's you know, and he's only got two so far, so we're a halfway point. Is he going to get? He's not going to get twenty, is he? Surely, you just can't There's see absolutely it. no way he's going to get twenty. No, can which, sound like that again. You <laughs> would, you would just you put your money on him getting twenty goals a season, um, particularly after the season he just had. I guess the only doubt you would have had is if where is he at because of the breakdown of the move away. Right? I guess that would have put your doubts in your mind. Whether that is still a factor, it I just don't feels like know. such lazy analysis, doesn't it? To it say does. That is, it can't what, be that's that. What's affecting him? But I, I don't know whether it's injury or fatigue yeah. or if his head's not right for other reasons. I, 
I mean, the, the fact is, like you said, Conte has come in and we have seen improvements in these numbers from both of them massively. Like they mm. were like, I think Kane was like 75th at one point on the list, which is ridiculous in itself. So we are seeing improvements, but I still don't look at it and think Kane's going to get 20 goals this mm. season when I watch him play. Look at Even, even the Liverpool game. Look at Yota, top there, Jota rather, top of that list. Um, you know, since I've been away and we had that discussion about Jota and Foden, Jota has shown that when on the pitch, he can do it in terms of data and returns. Foden's been on and off the pitch since that, since I was on the show last. But when he's on the pitch, he produces as well. And, you know, this table was very similar last season. We talked about Martinelli and Foden. They were on this data last season and we said, when they get a run of starts, these are players that we should consider. And Jota is in that camp as well. Those three players, Jota, Martinelli and Foden, the minute they break into their teams, their data suggests they're going to get FBL returns. And, and, and so it's proved, um, all three of them. At the moment, probably Foden's the problem child of those three, right? <laughs> because Martinelli and Jota, there's no stopping them, right? Yeah, it is, it is funny, isn't it? I mean, owning three of them, I'm, I'm happy with, with owning all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was saying this on, on the FPL show earlier. In, in some ways, I was relieved when when Foden missed out and he was bent. I thought, oh, here we go. This is rotation that I thought he was kind of immune from and, and all of this. And then at the end of the week, when we said, oh, there's been some disciplinary problems and yeah. naughty stuff, I was like, oh, okay, actually, that's good <laughs> in a way because at least there's a reason for him, for him missing out. Um, yeah, I mean, Martinelli at 11th, though, is... It's crazy, isn't it? And 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 you, we, you talk about Arsenal, we talk about Aubameyang missing out, and we talk about all these kind of luck factors that have, have played into it. I mean, Martin, he wouldn't be getting this run in the team now if Aubameyang had reported to training on time and was, was back yeah, in the side. Yeah, probably not. And Arsenal would probably have less points and have scored less goals, and we wouldn't be talking about it the same way. It's, it's it's weird how these things kind of emerge. But he he's a player that I think we all... Well, I mean, I, I've got some some Arsenal-supporting friends who rate him so highly. And so I've always wanted to see kind of what he was capable of doing. And I, I really think the Leeds game was destined to that. But also the Southampton game was. The Southampton game, he was relentless. The pressing he was doing down that left-hand side. Livermento didn't get a sniff going forward at all. Mm. That's what made me take notes. Well, him and Tierney done that left. Are yeah. Difficult. I mean, and Tavares is a good stand-in as well. So they're really so strong dangerous. down that side. So yeah. dangerous. No, it's, it's just, you know, and Foden, I think, is a keep though, right? You, you're confident he's coming back in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I... I he, 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 I've said for ages he's the one that I wanted to get and it was one of the reasons why I ended up getting Marseille because I could have gone for Gundogan or, or Silva for free um, when I was upgrading Rafina, but I knew that I wanted Foden mm. I just think he's he's first choice in that pep team and he, he, will, he will deliver good returns within the season and, and, and consistently So what, what, what would you do with Gundogan? Because look at this data here like he is fifth, sixth overall for minutes per XGI on penalty this season 127.1. You look at how he compares to De Bruyne, who's down in 45th on 215.4, and Bernardo 219.6 in 50th place. There's no contest when it comes to the data, but that doesn't translate to starts or returns, does it? So what would you do in my shoes? <laughs> I don't really like to be advising you. You're the you're the no, no, come on, let's have a <laughs> I would sell him. I mean, look at look at the minutes he's had. I mean you know, he had 90 minutes against West Ham in game week 13 and then didn't play against Villa, 66 against Watford, 55 against Wolves, off at half time against Leeds, didn't play against Newcastle and he wasn't on the naughty step against Newcastle. You know, no, he, a, he, he, he stayed at home. Evening, he, just, yeah. he just stayed, he just stayed yeah. at home. He's, he's not that kind of naughty, naughty person. And 
you know, you look at those minutes objectively to these stats and it's, it's not enough. Like I know what he's capable of. I know that mm. he can score when, when he plays, but there are better, there are good options for 7.3 or less like Bowen, like Rafina, um, that, that can deliver more, mm. more consistently than him. I, I think, I honestly, I think he's a sell. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, I, I mean, I will keep him for this week because I do think there's a good chance he starts against Leicester, but he's a sell after that for sure. Yeah. Which is a shame because he shows up so strongly in this data. He, he is on penalties when on the pitch again, you know, he, he went off 10 minutes later, City won a penalty and Sterling took it. You know, that could have worked out. But yeah. it just and, and De Bruyne is back as well, which again, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's just another player just to... He's come back and, and looked like he is over his spell of looking... Yeah. I mean, he went for a spell where he looked breathless. He looked like he didn't have the energy to get from box to box, didn't he? But he didn't look that way in that in that game where he got the brace, obviously. He's, he looks like he's edging back to his best, which is going to mean Gundogan. Do you think we'll see come. him hit those no. hit those levels again? No, no really. I, don't, I don't think so. That's, that's a shame, isn't it? I, I think that Pep's going to be cautious with him. I think, you know, De Bruyne's body, body by his own admission, is breaking down, which is why I don't think he'll play, you know, the next three. He'll play a couple of the next three rather than all three of them. I think a couple of seasons back, De Bruyne, you could flog him and Pep could play him every game. Um, but I don't think he's in that. In, he's, in that uh, he's 30 though and not playing like in the most demanding yeah. position like not you know he's not like running the wings and all that he's like he, he, you know he, he's always been a fairly obviously not lazy player but someone who's happy to just get the ball and just ping it left and right and the fact that he's suffering the way he is is it makes me worried I'm a year older than yeah, him but he, he, he said <laughs> to himself that his body's breaking down so I just think you know he, he's not perhaps naturally athletic he's just yeah. he's got a lot of stamina and he's incredibly technical technical ability is fantastic so you know no, he should he should have another four or five years oh, really, yeah, at, of at course. the top level but not playing every game for a championship winning team that's the that's yeah, true I don't think he's got that in him now so we'll see over Christmas it'd be really interesting if he plays against Leicester and then how he you know how he follows that up with the next two I, I expect Gunnar to get some minutes and I hope it's the next game because after that yeah I'm probably going to sell as you said um Looking at the last six, I said the last four game weeks on it. It's actually um, last six. I should have changed that title. And look where Smith Rowe is in this. If you go back a table, Smith Rowe over the season, he's right down in 79th. But over the last six game weeks, he's eighth, just behind Martinelli for minutes per XGI non-penalty, 122.5. That's because his minutes have been cut. He's been coming <laughs> yeah. on and having that one chance, scoring a goal, and that's it. Thanks very much. So that, that's quite encouraging for you, isn't it? No, I not really. No, I I see. I think he's. I think he's probably the biggest problem in my team mm. at the moment, Smith Rowe. Because I I want to keep it. He's a bit like Gundogan in a way. Like I kind of want to keep him, but I'm never really sure whether he's going to start. I don't think he starts at the weekend, for example. I think they no. they probably they probably keep him on the bench again. Uh, and you know, if I'm picking one, obviously I'm picking Martinelli at the moment because it looks like he's made that left spot on his own. And it was just in the combination of Smith Rowe getting injured and Odegaard stepping into number 10 and playing kind of as well as he has done. The trouble is I've got so much money tied up in Smith Rowe now because I've got him at like 5.2, 5.3 and now he's right up there selling him and then suddenly he gets his number 10 spot back. I'm going to want him back and then got to pay the extra money for him. It's, yeah, what, what I'm doing with him is, yeah, is, is kind of my biggest, you know, it's keeping me up at night. Yeah, I mean... I think it's a nice problem to have, though, because you know he can come off the bench and score. So but I can't, it, I can't keep well, happening. I can't rely. I can't rely. That's what on I said when he scored again for you. But yeah, I, I, I said it a few <laughs> times. But it is. Um, 
And interesting here, look at look where Kane and Son is over the last six game weeks. Fifth and sixth for minutes per extra on penalty. But it backs up that attacking data improvement in Spurs that Kane and Son are right up there in the top 10 players for, for XGI on pen. Um, so, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? We talked about, well, don't necessarily back Kane and Son against Palace because Palace are a strong defence. But we've said before, go with the attacking data. Don't worry about the defence. If, if, mm. if you think Kane and Son are good enough to score a couple of goals against Palace, they could still do it. And this attacking data suggests that. So maybe there is an argument for going Son and captain in it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, but uh, like we've also shown the numbers aren't always the best metric to judge no, your uh, <laughs> your decisions. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, Kane, Kane in fifth is is really interesting because, mm. I mean, that is such a massive light year of, of difference between before Conte arrived. Well, look at the minutes per shot, 20.8, which is where yeah. we'd expect it to be for Kane, right? Having a shot every 20 minutes is what we're used to. Um, over the season, if we just go back, What's Kane over the season? 31.3. So it's actually got better recently, but it mm. was in the 40s earlier in the season. Where yeah, he's yeah. always been a, a shot every 20x minutes, right? Always been that. So he's he's getting that, he's getting back to where the data used to be. If the returns aren't there, the data's beginning to get in line with that. It'll be, yeah. be interesting to know what happens with, with Conte in the system because, mm. you know, he, he did the 3-5-2 um, in the last match and that was really effective, but then he's gone 3-4-3 three, three in other matches with Lucas Moura and Son drifting a bit wider. And yeah, I wonder if he's if he's gonna stick to that three five two now, which means Son is you know going to be right up there as yeah. the focal point, or whether he's going to swap back and then maybe Kane is the better pick. Well, Bergwijn impressed in in the Carabao Cup as mm. well, which suggests that you know, he could go the free again. And Conte talked him up as well, so yeah. he he was you know. It's difficult, I think, with Moore and Bergwijn. There's players that he, he'd want to get in the eleven, mm. you'd think. So going with the two up top, it's difficult to, to find a place for either of them. Um, so yeah, it does remain to be seen. In a front too, Son obviously appears to be even more effective. But yeah, that's a consideration as well. I think it will be a front two against Palace. I think they will go with that because Moore and Bergwijn played in the League Cup. So you'd think that they'd be on the bench. So What about Deli Alley? What about him? Yeah, no, he's not in these numbers and he's not something <laughs> I'm considering just yet. You never know, he might have that revival, but it's early days. One thing I just wanted to say here, look how many Arsenal players are in this chart. you got Martinelli, Smith Rowe, Saka, Odegaard, and Lacazette, five names, all in the top 30 for minutes per shine on penalty. Again, it just underlines the talent that they're giving us and some of the value there, right? And also the problem, because you've got five players for four positions. So who'd you get? It it just highlights how how good they all are and how difficult it is to pick one that's that's going to stand out. I think, you know, Saka's the, the one that is it the most nailed. I think anyone with him isn't going to want to switch. But if you've got Smith Rowe, like I have, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a conundrum. I think Saka owners are unlucky. I, like Andy's got Saka. And I always think Saka always looked the best option, always there, mm. always in the starting lineup, always plays well. And then we've had Odegaard getting points. We've had Smith Rowe getting points. Now we've got Martinelli getting points. He always seems to be the best option, the best player, but not the one returning the big points. My, my issue with Saka is, is and, and I saw it when I went to the Emirates, was he, he's so unselfish that he can just be deployed anywhere. He can just right. fill in at left back, you know, for different games. He can come into central midfield. He can play up front. He can drop back. He, he's everywhere. He's, he's such an energetic player. Whereas the others are much more attacking wise. So although Saka's got that nailed on us and his stats are good, I would still back the other players to get returns if they start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
before we get off these player lists, one player I just want to touch on, Antonio, right down the bottom there in 75th in the last six game weeks. Uh, XGI non-penalty every 387.9. You sold him. I sold him. Any remorse about that? <laughs> I mean, a little bit. I mean, if I see him in the starting lineup in any game, I'm still worried because I still think back to how he was in the first sort of six weeks when he was... <laughs> Lumping balls up to him, chesting it down and, and scoring. It was yeah, there, it's incredible. There but. it is. What we're looking here is a shot map from game weeks one to seven. That was his first six appearances. All those shots you can see there. You know, I, yeah, I think is. there's about thirty odd shots. There's about fifteen on target. Then you look at the last six matches. One shot on target out of what is that? Eight, eight shots in total over the last six matches. One of those the is in the halfway line. line. He took that <laughs> ascent, didn't he? So his demise has been absolutely shocking. And, you know, the fixtures are strong for West Ham. We know that. They've got a great run. But we both got rid of him despite those fixtures. And actually, I look at it and think, don't, at the moment, don't regret it. I, mean, I don't fear him. Do you fear him? Yeah. You do a little. Right. <laughs> I, I, I do, because I, I, I don't think he's been playing badly. I know, you know, he, he filled in at right back for a bit in, in the last game. And, you know, he's been drifting off to the to the wings so they've had they've had like fairly different games but I do just think there's they're going to unlock him again at some point and you know and when he when he's on form and when he's scoring goals you 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 want him in your side and again we talk about the forward options that we've got and there's so few of them mm. there's few that I think are better than him given the fixtures that they've got I just can't see him in blanking in, in these, if he plays in the, in the next few few matches. Well, let's have a look at the fixtures because they are really, really strong. Southampton this week, Watford away, Palace away, Leeds at home, then United away, Watford at home, Leicester away. All those defences. Southampton, Watford and Leeds in the yeah. next four games. Like He's got to deliver in those. Well, you'd think, but you know, he's only had eight <laughs> shots in six games. Only one shot on target in six games. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. And, and you know, we you talked about Lacazette playing that role where he's coming deep and allowing Marcelini and Saka to get beyond him. I think that's what we've seen from Antonio. Mm. I think we've kind of seen him start to drop dip deep and drop wide to allow Bowen yeah. and Fornells and Benrahma and Lanzini to get into the box. It, it seems to be an adjustment in his role, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that's because of the difficulty of the fixtures that, that he's had and he doesn't need to do that. But then... We thought that with Tony. I was going to say, you said that with Tony. <laughs> it's, it's, the perf- it's the perfect comparison, isn't it? Because we thought, yeah. oh, Tony's got some good fixtures now. He doesn't need to be the creator and drop deep and all that. But he, he does. And, and nice Lacazette. Theory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lacazette, you could say the same for Lacazette. Did he need to drop deep against Leeds and let the other players come in with, with Leeds' the defensive problems they've got? Well, maybe not, but he did anyway. That is tactics. I think, I think against Leeds, because they go man for man, Lacazette knew when he was dropping deep, he was bringing mm. the centre back out. It works perfectly, right? Against Norwich, that not necessarily happened because they don't play in that way. So yeah. I think I think that just was that one game. But I think Antonio, yeah, he's just been playing in wider areas. He's just been dropping deep. He's just been allowing Bowen to get beyond him and, and the wider players like Bowen. And Bowen's showing good form and he's had returns over recent spells. He's blanked since I got him. What a surprise. But, you know, he, um, <laughs> he has looked, he's been the one that's profited. While he, he's the up. one that worries me. If, I, if I'm looking at the West Ham's fixtures and thinking, oh, I mm. don't know any West Ham attackers, 
is Bowen that I'm like, I wish I had him. If you know, if, if I'm buying one of Bowen or Antonio, I'm buying Bowen one hundred percent at the moment. Yeah, and if you're free hitting this week, I think Bowen will be the one that's in free hitting rather than Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, like I showed, I think Lacazette, Kane, Ronaldo will probably be if you're going a free, the free that people go with. Yep. Which is crazy when you look at Antonio in those first six games. It's crazy how far he's. I still going. don't. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we see so many like resurgences for players, you know, John Stones last season mm. and, and, you know, these guys. And then Antonio midway through a season when West Ham's still doing well and the drop off he's had, it's, I can't remember too many players is it, quite like that. Is it physical though? I do, I did look at him in that Arsenal game and thought towards the end, he looked low on stamina and he's played a lot of matches. Mm. And I know when he used to play for Forest that you can tell when he's on it, you can tell when his fitness isn't a concern. And I look at him at the moment, he does look like he's gassed a bit in late yeah. on in games. And they, are, they aren't able to take him off, are they? They're not in a position where they've got anyone who can come on for Antonio. They have to move Bowen over, right? So it disrupts them. They haven't got a light-for-light light change. And I think that has meant that Antonio has been run into the ground. And I think that's a factor as well. He's played 90 minutes or thereabouts in every game, except for the one that he was suspended in. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> So he's he has been flogged. Like mm. they are using him, you know, they couldn't be using him more. And like you say, I we said at the start of the season that the West Ham not signing another striker could be kind of their mm. their downfall. And he's been playing in Europe as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he has so had he, appearances there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were more worried about him getting another injury, like his hamstrings going. Not necessarily the fatigue, but I think there probably is something in here that may, maybe the rest has done him good. Maybe we're going to see a new Antonio against Southampton. If if he's recovered from COVID. He's almost a differential at the moment. What's Absolutely. His, his ownership must be plummeted. 30, 35%, I think. Yeah, but he's the most sold player in the last few game weeks as well, mm. isn't he? So he is going down. All right, predictions. How have I been doing while I've been away? Not particularly well. Um, Simon March did well, didn't he? Did you see that last the week before yeah, last? Oof, got three correct scores. Um, seven correct outcomes, I think, out of nine, didn't you? Mm, won't be having him back on. No, definitely not. Don't do that again. Not <laughs> only is he won FBL, he's beaten us at predictions as well. I don't do that again. Uh, no, thanks, Simon. I must say, actually, thank you to Simon, Luke and Mark, who stepped in while I was off. To, you did a brilliant job, all of them, and far too good, actually. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was good to see. Um, so the predictions at the moment, I got three outcomes and one correct score. You got two outcomes correct. But you are beating me by some margin overall this season with a 52% correct outcome rate. Really good. Got I'm really happy with that. I am absolutely over the moon with that. To be above 50% out of 169 matches played. Yeah, buzzing. Yep. Yeah, um, 16 correct scores to my 14. Mine on 46, so I'm lagging behind at the moment. I've got to catch up. Let's see how this week goes. Oh, I didn't update this after the postponement, so we'll ignore the Liverpool Leeds Wolves Watford predictions. Although you went five nil Liverpool, <laughs> five nil Liverpool, I went four yeah. one. We both went one all Wolves and Watford for those who are keeping tabs on that. Um, but we start with Burnley Everton, um, Garden Centre, um, Burnley versus Everton. Then um, I've gone one nil Burnley. You've gone one all Everton are decimated, aren't they? I mean, that's the thing. They are, and the, the, I, I could have gone for a Burnley win. Uh, I mean, it got even when I saw the postponement today. I thought about maybe updating this, but it was it was interesting the Chelsea game for Everton. They found a way. Um, mm, yeah. I mean, they got lucky, very lucky at times. Chelsea's XG in that game, I don't know what it was. They should have scored plenty of goals, but it looks like the reserve players Everton have got um, are half decent. And yeah, I, I think Benitez might get them a, a point in this match. Calvert Lewin's back. Too mm. early to go with him. It's got to be, isn't it? I, I, I would have thought so. His minutes are surely going to get managed. 
Um, and we've got so many other problems to deal with that bringing in a just got back from missing what, four months of football. I'm, I'm not going down that road. Yeah, they but, can't they can't rush him back, I guess. But how long before you would consider him? Because, I mean, looking at the... I mean, we didn't look at forwards data today, mm. but I can go back to forwards data. He's still fifth overall over the strikers because we've struggled for forwards to kind of step up in that bracket. Bamford's been not been fit. I mean, Lukaku and, and Ronaldo have done okay. Certainly Ronaldo has, but we've lacked options. Calvert-Lewin coming back, given the data that he generated in the first opening part of the season we've got to consider him when he's when he's back and, and and in the team haven't we well look at the fixtures as well Burnley, Newcastle Brighton, Norwich, Villa I mean it's, it's an incredible yeah, run they're top of, of the, the ticket with them, right? absolutely and you know Damari Gray I, I want to see him kind of back in the side because he looks like the most threatening attacking player for Everton if he's if he's playing but if Calvert-Lewin's in the side we saw previously that that is what the Everton team's geared up for: get the ball to Cavalloon in the box and let him score. And I think he would he would have been a real player that we we you know we'd have in our in our teams if he hadn't got injured. So hopefully he can come back in and and create another you know option for us. I, I think it's not just about him being fit; it's also about is the service from Townsend Gray going to be there? Have they got mm. confidence? Are they getting the ball to him? And that's what we've got to watch for. I think as soon as we see signs of that. Yeah, Calvert Lewin. Well, we, we 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 thought Dean would would be you know the the person that finished to be looking off, to get the ball, but he's yeah he's completely it's a it's a bold call. I don't know what's happened with that because when I, I think Dean is is when he's on form, he's one of the world's best left backs. He's like the one sort of almost world class player that Everton have got, and for Benitez to have fallen out with him and for him to obviously be on the move is a is a big statement. But he, he hasn't produced it on the pitch, has he? This season. And a lot of last season, he wasn't no. strong enough. We That's what I mean, though. What is going on there? Why hasn't Benitez managed to get the best out of their mm. arguably their best player mm. in the side? Yeah, Is it a failing of his or is it something that was kind of unavoidable? It's an interesting one. Well, it's another option gone to us, but we hope Calvert-Lewin comes back as someone we can consider. Uh, I've gone 1-0, you've gone 1-0 on that one. City-Leicester, we've both gone a home win. I've gone the three, you've gone two. Don't see any doubts there. Yeah, I mean, the only doubt is I think Leicester could potentially score in this right. match, they're so reliant on, on getting goals because the defensive data is so poor. Madison's in great form. You know, Vardy or Dak, whoever starts in that position. Tielemans is, is looking really good as well. So, you know, and they won this game at the Etihad last season, what, 5-2, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Vardy hat-trick. I think yeah. Leicester could potentially score in this, but I think that that, that cup exit for Leicester is going to hurt them. What do, you, what do you make of Leicester? Because your man Madison is a player you, I know you rate. Vardy now seems to be not immune from rotation because you've seen him rested in games. Do you think that Madison's now the only option you go to if you were looking to invest in their attack? I think Tielemans is an option. I, 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 I talked about him in my, in my article for Scout um, over on the site. He's, his uh, minutes per shot is, is doubled. Um, well, halved? Doubled? Whatever it is. Whatever the good one is. Halved yeah, half, uh, yeah. since last season. Double the amount of shots. Uh, he's, you know, on, on penalties as well when Vardy's not on the pitch, which is becoming a bit more frequent with, with mm. Dakar there as well. And we're seeing him kind of in more advanced spots. But I still think Madison's, Madison's the one. I, the apple of your eye, isn't he? <laughs> I, just, I just want him to be an option so much. And you've, you've, got to, you've got to take note of a player who's got three double-digit hauls in four matches, even though the fixtures were good. That, is a, that isn't a return of like a deep-lying I tell you what, Playmaker. when he was banging him in, I was thinking, God, thank God that didn't go with him as well. <laughs> because he, he, you know, you, 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 you almost called that as well, didn't you? Because I think you, we joked about, oh, you go and get Madison. 
And um, yeah, he, he produced over that spell. I think I, if, is he streaky though? Is he, or do you think he can sustain it? If if Rafina hadn't had good fixtures, I think I might have made the move because he got that first double digit haul, and then he had another good game after that. I mm. thought, oh, this could be the time that because. But there was always some worries about his minutes, and you know, he wasn't fully fit and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he he is a streaky player, but I I just I just bang bang the drum. I I do think he is potentially. I'm not going to say a world class player because I don't think he is, but he, he is he's potentially a, a really really good good player. Mm. Um, and and I think Leicester have tried to build a team around him before and it's not quite worked. But I do wonder if maybe this is the time we're going to see the best out of him. It's just consistency, right? That's what we want to see from him. And and the relationship with Vardy's there. It's just at the moment. I, I think, you know, if you're going to go on and say, it has to be Madison, right? Because Vardy's not as secure as he was. It's, it's all just about his positioning. If, if, he's, if he's getting the ball around the centre, you know, around the, 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 half of, you know, the first half of the pitch, then he's not an option. But if he's getting the ball in the penalty area, which we've seen him doing more in these double-digit holes, like he hasn't been scoring outside of the box. He's been actually like, yeah, creating insists and scoring yeah. inside the box. That's the key for him. Mm. And he has been doing that. So, mm. yeah, I do like him. Uh, okay, we've gone a 2-0 and a 3-0 there. Norwich, Arsenal, I've gone 3-0. You've gone 2-0. No argument there. I mean, Norwich just don't don't offer anything, do they, for us to consider anything but an Arsenal win. They uh, frustrate Arsenal, but attacking-wise, little. Yeah. Spurs, Palace, we've gone a 2-1 and a 2-0. You think Palace will nick a goal there? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I I don't see more than that. I think you said earlier about, you know, how many goals can Spurs get against this Palace defence. You wouldn't expect Palace to keep them out. You bet Kane and Son to get something from the game. Is it going to be a bigger return? Is it going to be the kind of return that we'll see from Ronaldo? We'll see when we get to that score in a minute. West Ham, hmm. Southampton, I've gone 2-1. You've gone the 1-0. Um, again, yeah, Southampton are a funny side, aren't they? I mean, I, I'm, I'm always writing them off. I'm always backing the team to beat them. But actually... They do manage to grind out results and can get the odd shot result. They're not, you know, they're not cursed by COVID at the moment. They've got a, a fit squad, I believe. Uh, they've got Adams back. So Rohers are always a threat. So I do think they can score in this game. I've gone 2-1 though. You've gone 1-0. Um, and then we go on to Villa-Chelsea. I think this is a tough one to call because of Chelsea's form. You've gone 2-1. I've gone one all. Really interesting game though, this one, isn't it? Because Chelsea, of all the teams, if there was one team crying out for postponements, it would be Chelsea mm. at the moment, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I've gone for the Villa win in this one because I think this is a really, really good time to play Chelsea. Yeah. They've been they've been pretty poor. I mean, Wolves should have won that game against them. You know, Everton was kind of the opposite. I think Chelsea should have won that game comfortably but couldn't score. They've got injury problems. They've got COVID problems. They've got sort of a half-fit Kante and Kovacic coming back and I don't know I think Villa have got something you know they've got the wind of themselves still from from Gerrard and I think it's it's going to be a really really tricky game this for for Chelsea mm. I think Chelsea have been lucky that the teams they've played haven't really offered too much of an attacking threat so I think if they'd played better teams they would have got found out the only thing is Chelsea have got Kante back and that makes a hell of a difference to their defence I think so I think they won't I think they'll start keeping clean sheets again and they'll get results by winning games 1-0. But I, they're still, they've still got that goal-scoring mm. problem. Lukaku, hopefully, is coming back to fitness and be, can be a factor for us again. But again, they like Calvert-Lewin. We're going to wait weeks before we start considering him, I would have thought. Um, again, you know, even when he was fit, there was a lot of people not convinced. I got on early and he didn't really produce. So, but 
Difficult, I mean, even, even even with Kante in the team, though, Wolves could have had two or three in that mm, in that match. True. Yep. You, you know, the, the, it's it, Kante can only do so much, but when corners are coming in or when crosses are coming, Marcel put in some really good balls in that match, and they just couldn't convert them. You know, Kante can only do only, only do <laughs> a certain amount. Um, I think Villa Villa will have chances in that match, just um, whether they can convert them or not. Yeah, that's it. Brighton Brentford, both gone a home win. You've gone the one 0 I've gone two one. Your injuries, right? I think you still got some injury problems, so I think you, Brentford might get a goal out of that. But I do back you to win that. And then United Newcastle, although we're saying you know Ronaldo looks a big threat if you don't have him, you've gone two 0 I've gone two one. So not not a landslide then. Yeah, slightly reserved. I'm still not. The jury's still out a little bit on United under Rangnick and and what mm. they're going to do. I think it should be a fairly comfortable United win, um, but the fact they're away means that. You know, the home crowd at St James's Park could inspire the, the crowd. So, yeah, just a fairly conservative 2-0, but obviously I'm hoping for, for more. Okay. Well, the captain matrix changed quite considerably in the last couple of hours yeah. when the Liverpool-Leeds game dropped out. And now I've highlighted two primary candidates for this week. But going forward, you know, Salah's still a factor. Salah's still a factor for game week 20 at Leicester in particular. Right? If you're sending him this week to get Ronaldo or Son in, You've got to be worried about game week 20, right? Yeah. <laughs> massively, massively worried. Because his ownership's still going to be around the 70% mark and he's going to be the you know, EO of 100 and probably 160, 170%, I still imagine. Um, it's just whether the players, it's whether Son and the Ronaldo captain can kind of match it if, if I do it, which I, which I think I probably will. But yeah, it is, it is a huge concern. I mean, Salah versus Leicester away shouldn't be that attractive a game on paper but it is because of how poor Leicester have been mm. defensively and the fact Salah gets a, a bit of a break because it's, it's not the Covid problems in Liverpool it's you know he would have had the break in the, the cup and a bit more of a rest and I think he's been looking a little bit jaded so he's going to come into that firing so yeah it's massive concern that is the worry and that's why the free hit in 19 does have appeal because obviously you can carry Salah over into that game I think in 21 um, you know, what I would be looking for, if I did free hit in 19, obviously I'd hold Salah in 20, probably catching him at Leicester. In 21, that is when I'd probably be happy losing him. Salah goes to Chelsea and Son's at Watford. And I think Son at Watford could be a really strong differential captain. Mm. Um, after that, I mean, Salah's not going to be around for the Brentford game, is he? I think he... Yes, no, he's, he's gone. He's no, gone, he's gone, gone Chelsea. then. Yeah, so yeah, he's, gone he's, Chelsea. he's not a factor in that game week then. Uh, and he's not a factor in game week 23 either. So we need to correct this correct um, uh, matrix because, well, he's not gone yet, has he, I guess. But, you know, that's what we're expecting. So in, in game weeks 22 and 23, obviously 22 is going to be the double. So there's going to be a number of options there that we can look at. We think it's going to be the double. And then in 23, yeah, I mean, he's not around. Do you, Would you have the confidence to go Jota without Salah and Mane in the team? How would you feel about the Liverpool attack without those two? Yeah, it's really interesting. I I don't really know. Uh, I mean, what we're going to see, Firmino come in, Jota and, what, like Minamino? Well, unless Origi's on the right or, long or Origi. Yeah, I mean, they were linked with Bowen, weren't they, early in the season? It would have been perfect for, for this to have, have come in and, and done a job. Um, I, jury's out, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of owners put on Jota to be the one getting the goals, but you've got to think there's going to be less... Um, you know, there's going to be less goals for them. It, I think it's it's quite hard to separate Josh. You know, Josh is an eight million asset, but I think 
do you look at him as like a being an 11 12 million player at this time is well, that, is, is it kind of a mindset change his returns are one of of that yeah. level at the moment we saw the data wise he's 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 top for um, xg non penalty um at the moment and he, he if anything he's outperforming Salah in FBL terms recently. So I think, you know, I, I don't think it's a stretch to look beyond look at Jota. But the way at Palace is a tough fixture. What other options have we got there? You've got City away at Southampton. You've got Arsenal at home to Burnley, which, you know, maybe if Martellan is still in the team and, and he keeps growing as he is, he's suddenly <laughs> going to come a captaincy option, right? That's the dream. <laughs> so Ronaldo at home to West Ham is not a bad fixture either. And it could be that that will be where the bulk of the captaincies go. Um, but we'll have to see. Let's look more closely at this week. Uh, and again, Salah's come out of this. Jimenez was in this as well, as was Jota and Alexander-Arnold. They've come out in the last few hours to leave Ronaldo at the top of our captain candidates in terms of minutes per XGI non-penalty. Um, and I would say, out of the options, Martinelli, Son, Kane, Bowen, Lacazette, Cancelo, Ronaldo is some margin ahead, right? I don't think it's close. Honestly, I don't think it's close this week. I think you either get Ronaldo in or captain him or you just don't watch any football on Boxing Day and hide. Oh, it's on Monday, isn't it? Oh, God. Can you, ma- can you imagine that? Is it well? on? You're, ca- oh, you're captain Boxing on the that Sunday. That does make it worse, doesn't oh. it? Because what you don't want right, at this time, and we all know we try and not let FBL get to us, right? We try and not let it affect our mood. It would be awful if it ruined your Boxing Day or well, it's the following day, isn't it, right? If you... You don't want that. You've got family round, spirits are high and you're in this mysterious grumpy mood and you're not saying why. <laughs> There's no way it's mysterious for you these days. No, I'm not in my house. No. I'm sure your family are like, we yeah. know exactly why Mark is yeah. swearing constantly and chucking his food across the room. It would be awful. And look at the defensive data here. If you look at the opponent's data over the season and over the last four, Newcastle are the whipping boys on show here. Clearly, from the data we see here, minutes per XGI non-penalty, 52.6 over the season, 46.3 over the last four. Of all the opponents of the Cats and Kansas we've named, they have the worst defence in terms of the data here. So it all points to that. You think Ronaldo's fully recovered, right? You think he's fit? I mean, he's been has training, he's been posing for photos and, and stuff. I think he's completely fine. I just can't see any way in which he doesn't get something in this match. Like, if he blanks against Newcastle, it would be an absolute shock to everyone. Whereas I think, you know, if if Spurs lost to Palace or if Norwich did manage to keep it tight against Arsenal, you wouldn't you wouldn't be that surprised. And when it's that when when I've got that feeling, I just think it's it's obvious that it's got to be Ronaldo captain. Well, I thought you were gonna burst into song there. <laughs> when I got that feeling. No, I didn't ask you to. I was just saying um, I like, like a bottle of wine mark. I, I know, well, there you go. Um <laughs> Let's look at our teams and this is yours um, with the Salah, Jota, Trent and Jimenez problem. Four blanks in there. Livermento and Johnson can come off the bench. Obviously King can't because he doesn't play either. So you're down to nine men. You're thinking what now then? Son coming in for Salah, right? I think I'm I'm going to do Salah to Son. Yeah. And, and Captain Ronaldo. I could, I could take a hit and move Jimenez, but... It's just that question of who who do you get? I can't get Lacazette. I've already got three Arsenal. I don't really want him anyway, but he, he's potentially the option. And you're looking at forwards around 9 million and there's no one that really interests me. And I had this problem last week. And in the end, I just kept with 10 and got a green arrow and, and moved on. So I think I'm probably going to do the same this week. 
I do covet your team. The fact you've got that Son and Ronaldo set up with Salah out, it's, it's, it's such a sweet spot because you've got yeah. both the lightly captains covered. Obviously, the vice will go to Son, will it? Or would you keep it on Martinelli there? Absolutely, yeah, go to Son. Yeah. I, and, and, and then, obviously, you're going to build up towards 22 and see if you... you are you going to make transfers with the idea that you're going to try and not play the free hit in 22? Yeah, I think so. I, I, need, I need to look at the the planner the, on scout and, and see exactly how my team's going to be shaped up. If I can get away with not doing it, then I will. Mm. My kind of sense is I probably will use it, especially having two. You know, I can still probably make a couple. Because it's, it's players like Reese James, right, who have, have got tough games coming up. And, you know, I, I don't really want to keep him, but if I can use one of if I can use a free hit and get rid of one of the game weeks and I've only got another, what, two or three to, to ride it out with. So I think I probably will use it. But yeah, like you said, if, if I can get away with it, then I won't. Okay, let's look at my, um, my shower. Um, I've got <laughs> my team, press the wrong button. It's that one there. Um, I've only got three players out. Um, Dennis was on my bench, but um, obviously he's not a factor now. But I've got, I've got Davis, who's a, who's a non-show most of the time. Although you never know with Villas casualties maybe you get some pitch time over Christmas <laughs> you just never know but I can't bank on that so at the moment I've, I'm down to to eight players um, I can bring in Alonso to make that nine and then I was thinking of making two transfers taking a four point hit which of course equates to a two point hit unless you start bringing in the free hit as an alternative of course so I'm looking at possibly Salah to Son and Dennis or Davis to Broher maybe or it will be Obviously, Ronaldo coming in and then a cheaper midfielder. So it'll be, yeah, Salah making way, probably Dennis making way, Ronaldo in, and then I'd look what I can buy in midfield. It probably would have to be Martinelli, which pains me because I'd be moving my team closer to yours, which, and it, it, I haven't talked about this because the way my philosophy's got to change now because I, I've always said I'm a Titan manager, always plays with a target in mind in terms of an individual. So I'll go, right, I'm trying to catch that person in my mini league. And I always play like that. But a few weeks back, I've decided that I can't play like that at the moment because I've just just had to get some green arrows and get a run of green arrows first, not worry about other managers and what they're doing and catching them. Just concentrate on picking the right players to get some green arrows. And I've got two in a row, got back to, to in 250k. And I think I've still got to keep doing that. I, I don't think it's worth me our while looking at your team and going, I've got to try and catch you up. <laughs> at the moment yeah. I've got to I've got to get a few more green arrows try and get into top 100k and then in maybe 10 game weeks time start thinking right how do I now catch that I think when you're but, high up in the ranks and you're you're chasing people who are like 10 20 points off you it's you know you could kind of look at them and I hmm. I, I, I like how you talk about those, those kind of targets but I completely agree. You you can't be just getting differentials in for the sake of differentials no. when you're 250k because you you've got to get up into the top 100k like, a, you know, that's, that's like minimum target for all of us. Really. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's what I'm trying to say to people. Like, if you're struggling at the moment, don't think you've got to go differentials to catch up necessarily. Just get a foothold, get some green arrows, get a, get a run of green arrows going and get some rhythm. Because it is amazing what you said about confidence. Like, when you get mm. your confidence back, you are more likely to take a risk. It's and it could be that, that risk comes off. It shouldn't <laughs> it makes, be the case, but I'm ridiculous. like that. And, and I think there's a bit of that in you as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there is. And, and, you know, I did a psychology PhD, but there's no logic to back up why that should be a thing in this game that you know, there might be in, in other sports or, or where you have more of a kind of influence on things, but not in this. 
Uh, if you get in Martini though, he's going on the ball. That is, I'm seeing that as such a win. So. Yeah, I mean, I said I wouldn't get Ramsdale <laughs> a few weeks back. Now I'm get Martinelli. I mean, I like Martinelli. I'm not. I've, whereas Ramsdale, I was like, oh, do I have to get him? Uh, Martinelli, <laughs> I welcome into my team because I, you know, like like you, I've always been a fan of his. Um, but he, 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 you know, in in the around the six million mark, he looks the best midfielder to get at the moment. Why would I avoid that? Isn't no, no, no. He'd be he's, cutting your nose off, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. He's great, and and I, I do wonder if we might even see him playing up front a bit when Lacazette misses out because yeah. that is that, well, he's played he's played that position before as a central striker. I think Nketiah might get a run. I think I think Lacazette gets Boxing Day, and then in the next game, who is it? Um, who is it that Arsenal have got? They've got a tough run. They've got a tough run after Norwich. Yeah, they've got Wolves at home. I think Wolves at home, which I, I think comes two days after the... Um, let's have a look. When What's the gap between us? Yeah, it's one day. So they've got one day between Norwich away and Wolves at home. I think Nketiah could play um, that Wolves game. Um, He's I, played 38 minutes of yeah. the season, Nketiah. Yeah, but the hat-trick, you know, warmed himself up for that. He did. Deserves a chance. And I can't see Lacazette playing two games in three days, right? So I think he'll get the Norwich game and then he'll be rested, like you say. And is Aubameyang not a factor um, at the moment, but we'll see if he comes back into the fold. But at the moment, Mar- nothing threatens Martel and his starts, right? So, yeah, so it's going to probably have to be Ronaldo for me, who I didn't want to bring in ever. And it's going to have to be Martinelli and slowly but surely my team morphs into yours and you just get 100 points ahead and I'm never going to catch you. <laughs> and why do I bother? No, honestly, I... I've got, I've got this time, right? It's plenty of time. We're just getting to the halfway point. Um, and that's what other managers have got to think about as well. If you're struggling, there's still half the season to go. And the other thing is, in a way, while these postponements mean there's uncertainty and variance is strong, there's a lot of luck involved, the shake-up does offer opportunities for you to turn your season around if you're struggling. You've got double game weeks, which are great for turning the season around. Yep. You've got all the chips coming into play. You've now got an extra chip. So I, you know, my message to you, if you are like me, not having the best of seasons, there's plenty of time left, and there's so much disruption at the moment that actually that can be a good thing. It can turn in your favour. Um, if I was you, sitting seven k in the world, I wouldn't want that second three year chip. I wouldn't want the postponement. I'd want it plain sailing all the way through now. Absolutely. So you can get a one k finish. And, and I think we've seen, you know, like engaged people on Scout and on Twitter doing quite well over the last few weeks. You know, I, I think you know. Green arrows have been quite common and people have been doing well because they're able to react well to things and, and stuff. So you know, engage managers who left their transfers right to the last minute and didn't get Aston Villa players, for example, benefited. And that's not an insult to anyone who did move early, but that's just another example of, you know, people see, oh, I'm just going to get a Villa player in the day before. And then that game gets called off and then you've got to take a minus four to get them out. Mm. Mentioning the names to Chris, who uh, who did that, um, but yeah, I think if you if you are engaged, you sh- you'll still be able to get ahead of of, of people who aren't paying as much yep. attention. Okay, uh, let's look at the black box leagues and uh, Oscar, who is second in the FBL, right? I mean, he must be talking to managers who don't want this disruption, who don't want this second free hit. He he must be one of those, right? I wonder how he feels at the moment with all this because he's got obviously an incredible chance of winning. Um, the FBL as well as the Black Box League. Obviously, I would say FBL is probably first on his list up before the Black Box League. Um, but, <laughs> you know, he's, I wonder what he's feeling at the moment because so much disruption, it must be hard to kind of just stay focused, right? Well, it's, it must be so annoying because he's got to where he is on complete merit of, of yeah. playing really well, making really sensible moves and good moves and doing everything right. And now you add in this big luck lottery mm. factor and it, it doesn't seem fair on, on someone like him. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how engaged the other people around him 
are, but I can't imagine they're as into it as he is because the YouTube channel and everything that he, he does around that. So I'm really rooting for him to to win it this year. Yeah, well, he's top of our league. Steve Sudman, man, or Sudman, is it? Sedman. Sorry, I've messed Sedman. that up. Sedman. Steve Sedman is second. Uh, he is some, let me see, 33 points behind Oscar in second. Alex Doggio in third. Torja Hegner in fourth. And then Harry Jones is fifth in the Black Box League. Good luck to all of you of the weekend and the top 10 there. And then The Apprentice. Look at that one-point lead I've got over Natalie. This is what is interesting. <laughs> isn't it? She's been ahead of me a few game weeks uh, since I've been away, and I've managed to sneak back in front. She's having a great season, isn't she? It's great, yeah. I mean, we we set targets, didn't we, for our princes at the start of the season? We said to- anything in the top million would, would be, you know, a, a good first season for you. And, yeah, Natalie stayed engaged. She stayed humble which a lot of people in the chat are saying that I'm not I don't deliberately mean to <laughs> look smug or, or not humble I, I don't know why everyone keeps fine. saying it I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to rub, rub it in uh, at all um, but yeah Natalie is is great and even when she went ahead of you she was you know saying playing it down saying you know it's a long way to go and all of this um, yeah Where, where's Billy though I think we still have Billy to be honestly he's beating me still yeah. uh, and he's still got his first wild card so basically, he can, he can wildcard <laughs> out of this problem that we've all got. He doesn't have to think about this free hit business. He probably forget. He doesn't even care. Just, so yeah, he's, just got, he's, he's got his wildcard. He came to me and said, oh, what's it? Why have I got a, what's this free hit thing? What? Why have I got two of them now? Oh, God, yeah. Right, <laughs> shut up, you. Um, so I've got to help him with that and explain why he's been given his second free hit. Because as far as he's concerned, there's no problem. Why, why is the problem? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually, because... Um, I was thinking about this, and when Billy went ahead of me, and when Natalie went ahead of me, in a way, and this is another thing I think we can all learn, is that it's a reminder that, yeah, we take this game seriously, but it is so much out of your control. You know, Billy like has missed deadlines. He's made transfers that are, you know, some wild transfers. He's actually he has played the game well, but he has made some mistakes and mishaps, and he's still beating me. Right, so mm. two things there. One, we got to remember you know, how much variance does play a part. But two, also, you can make mistakes, you can have bad game weeks, you can even miss deadlines, and you can still do well, you can still turn it round. Absolutely. I mean, I've made plenty of mistakes this season. It's all just about making slightly more good calls than you make bad calls. It's always always been like that. I haven't Mm -hmm. played, I definitely haven't played optimally. I've just got in some players who've done well before other people did, but I've made some plenty of bad calls as as well. Mm. Um. Yeah. Oh, uh, just just um, Steve Sedman's in the chat. Oh, is he, Steve? Sorry, Steve, I messed yeah. up your name there. It's because it was small print. I I need large print these days now. I've turned fifty. <laughs> um, so I've I've made it big when I can see. So yeah, thanks, Steve, for being in the chat there. Great and season. congratulations on the season. Yeah, I I just think as well, it's just there's there's so long to go, and like I said, you can make mistakes and have bad weeks and turn it around. And so when when Billy started beating me. It didn't affect me in a way I thought it would. It actually made me relax a bit more and think, oh, that's actually just shows you, it just highlights the fact that, you know, back in game week five when he missed the deadline, back in game week seven when he took like six six hits or something silly like that, I didn't realise that in a few game weeks' time he could turn that round and be where he is. And mm. it just shows, gives us all hope that you can do that with your, with our teams. I think and, people get yeah. very locked into to thinking, you know, you've got this template team. And I think Salah captain every week has, has been oh, an example. Oh, it's hurt us, yeah. Because, yeah, because I mean, I posted a question the other day. I got loads of abuse for it. I just said, are, are you happy with Salah's like, kind of consistent returns? Or do you think there's now scope to, to look for the more kind of explosive mm. option? And I was getting like, you know, loads of slander from people being like, how can you even ask that question? Such a stupid question. Obviously, take the consistent returns. But 
I mean, look at the Cancelo captain mm, this week. Great people. Shout. I mean, that, that's a game, that's a that's a season changing decision almost in in one week. You know, it's you know, sixteen points just just from off the bat of one thing like that. You combine that with a another player who gets double digits and you're 30 points you're catching up on. Teams. Yeah, and then this is it. This spell now where we're sitting here contemplating, do we sell Salah? It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a shake. No. And while you might go, no, I'm going to free hit and keep Salah, there'll be managers out there who don't do that. And there's going to be a division now, right? And Absolutely. It makes the game better. It makes it more interesting. It gives you more chance of making up ground. Because I think over, certainly since I went, you know, Drop doing FBL content the last six, seven game weeks because Salah's been the perma captain. Your opportunity to make up ground is reduced quite markedly because you don't have that that variable, that captaincy, which can be so powerful. Yeah. So it's then down to your transfers, and because template has been quite strong this season, and you've had players like Smith Rowe, Gallagher, Rafina come in, get points, and then disappear again. It's been a frustrating season, but. Mm. I've got every chart, every hope that, you know, with this disruption, it can be a positive thing as well as being a pain, <laughs> as well as being something that brings luck to the fore. Um, so I think we should all be positive going into this period, but be prepared that luck is going to be a thing. Mentally prepare yourself for that because yeah, otherwise it will hit you hard. If you plan and you think, right, that's going to work and then COVID gets in the way, it can exactly. be. It can that, be that's, that's, that's exactly why I think the free hit is, is, a, is a good decision by FBL for that because it, at least it takes away some of that pain of you've planned and now you're ruined. Yeah, yeah. That, that can be the worst. Anyway, uh, I just want to end by wishing everybody a, a happy Christmas and and say as what a pleasure it's been to be back doing this with you. It's been it's been <laughs> a weird few uh, month or so not being able to do this. And I think I, I, I was thinking. Is not doing the show, is that hurting or helping my FBL performance? I don't know and we'll never know, but I have missed doing it, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, I echo everyone in the chat say it's good to have you back. It's not been the same without you. We've had some great, you know, Luke and Simon and, and General came on, did, did great jobs, but it's, yeah, it's not been the same, Mark. It's good to have you back. Well, thanks very much, Az. And it's, uh, I don't know when we'll do the next show. I don't even know how, what do you reckon the shelf life of this episode is going to be? Because come come 12 hours time, there could be another postponement. And it's 12 all hours, that's, that's, that's hopeful. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see, won't we? But hopefully there's no more destruction before the deadline. Um, I will be on Twitter and letting people know what I'm doing, whether I'm going to free here or whether I'm going Ronaldo and moving my team next to as Oh, it's so depressing. Um, <laughs> but there's still a long way to go and I still hold out hope. Um, it's a good night for me. Oh, you've missed the smashing likes. Oh, no, you have do been, the smashing You have likes. been out for a while. We must uh, do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got 1,300 people watching. Uh, obviously, if you've enjoyed Mark being back, then you need to press the like button. If you haven't enjoyed Mark being back, then don't press the like button and I'll use that against him. So either way, <laughs> uh, I win. Um, I'd like to just also mention the Green Arrow, um, the FBL oh, Challenge yeah. um, as well, uh, just because that's, you know, people have really been kind of donating and, and getting involved in that. So. You know, we, I, I always say each week, you know, if you've got a green arrow, you can donate as little 65p to that as a link in the description. But also if you just fancy being charitable um, in general over this festive season, it's an amazing cause. Uh, Sharethemeal.org feeds hungry people around the world. And we'd love to see you know, more donations uh, to that. And the last thing from me, uh, as you've said, is have a happy Christmas. There's probably people listening to this who are having to isolate, not seeing family and friends and all of that. And I hope you can make the best of it. Uh, and hopefully next year will be an improvement. Um, but thanks all for your support. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Merry Christmas all. And uh, we'll see you uh, when we're out of game week 19 and probably out of game week 20 as well. And we'll see 
where we stand after that. Have have good game weeks. Have a great Christmas, and it's a good night for me. Good night, Ron. Podcast Network.